0: you
2: Rick Tittle. <laughs>
3: Thank you for that, and welcome to a Friday edition of Tittletting Sports with Rick Tittle. I am your humble host, Rick Tittle, coming to you from uh, downtown San Francisco, California. What's going on in your sporting world? Because uh, we can talk about it for the next three hours, coast to coast, border to border, wherever you might happen to be. It is great to have you with us. And uh, we'd love to know what your deal is when it comes to all those sports. So tell me at the toll-free line, 1-800-878-PLAY. First hour, our friend Jan Wall is going to be in. We'll talk a little uh, movies, as we always do with her. Also, I'm going to have uh, Archer Plochinik from World of Warships on the first hour. Second hour is uh, Aries Spears will be back. Stand-up comedian at Cobbs. It's been about five years since Aries was in here. You might remember him as uh, Cuba Gooding's brother in Jerry Maguire. And then in uh, the third hour, John Feinstein, critically acclaimed uh, bestseller, has got a million sports books. Well, he has another one. It's called The Backroads to March, The Unsung, Unheralded, and Unknown Heroes of a College Basketball Season. We'll talk to him. In between all that, your calls, as I mentioned, at 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Get you in and get you heard, girl. And uh, also, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, Twitch.tv, the Twitch app. There I am, high-def webcam. woohoo! All that kind of good stuff. Uh, CRN Digital Plus 2, Cable Radio Network Channel, tune Cable Provider. Emails, rick at sportsbyline.com. Come on back.
4: Hey, I heard you need some work done on your house. Here's somebody I like.
5: Oh, thanks. Wait, what are you doing? I am verifying your recommendation on Angie's List. My word's not enough? I just like to get hundreds of second opinions.
6: Finding a qualified person is easy. Just check Angie's List. After all, we have info on more pros than just about anybody. Say you heard about a good electrician. We have reviews on them and thousands more, plus ratings, photos, even special offers. Find exactly what you're looking for at Angie'sList.com.
7: Oh,
0: oh, oh, O'Reilly. Save big during O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Tark Tools DIY Day Sale. We have great deals on socket sets, impact wrenches, and more. Plus, extend the life of your vehicle and improve performance with five parts of O'Reilly full synthetic motor oil and a MicroGuard filter for
8: $25.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day.
7: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
9: A little story about Boost Mobile. Davis, I am feeling pain. What, your dog die? Your girlfriend left you. No, the pain I'm feeling is having an old smartphone.
10: Mm Mm-hmm.
9: That's why I switched to Boost Mobile and got four free phones for $25 per line. Well, I didn't without boost mobile i got an old phone it makes my life sad i feel so alone i'm switching to boost getting four phones for free Your yeah, samsung galaxy is for my whole family switch to boost mobile and get four
11: lines for 25 dollars per line per month with unlimited data and four free samsung galaxy a20 phones all on our super reliable super fast network step up with boost mobile New customers only. Limited time offer while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Customers who use more than 35 gigabytes of data during the billing cycle will be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or Retailer for full details.
8: Hey, travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. Call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them Also,
1: save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Fidulating
12: Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful genius.
1: The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is it? He's So handsome. He's a
3: genius. All righty then. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Lines are open this first segment wherever you're listening at 1-800-878-PLAY. Interesting report out of Major League Baseball when it comes to cheating. Yeah, Rick, I know, the Astros, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Not the Astros, but in the American League West. What did the A's do this time? Not them, the Rangers, the Mariners. No. The Angels, yesterday, they fired their veteran visiting clubhouse manager, Brian Harkins, because an L.A. Times report written by reporter Maria Torres says that Harkins, who harkens back to a previous day, he is alleged to have supplied visiting players with substances that are used to Dr. Baseball, Dr. Baseballs. I need to see Dr. Baseballs after that to work on my malaprops. But in violation of the rules, and Torres goes on to report that the Angels confirmed that he has been fired, but they didn't give any details. Now, Alden Gonzalez, who is a guy that I talked to for years and years when I was doing the A's pre and post game show, uh, on the flagship. I did that for eight seasons and the, they played the Angels 19 times and Alden was a beat writer who was always just a great guest, entertaining and he knew the team well. He went up, he got promoted and got a better job at ESPN and, um, but he still covers the angels down there. He says Harkins has been with the angels more than 30 years, but that he had been providing illegal sticky substance, substances in the visiting clubhouse that aided pitchers' abilities to grip the baseball. And um, so Gonzalez reached out to Harkins and said, did you get fired? He said, yes, I've been fired. Now, if you want to go to the rule book, rule 3.01 states that, quote, no player shall intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it with soil, rosin, paraffin, licorice, <laughs> I love that, black licorice, sandpaper, emery paper, not emery board, So someone says, this isn't sandpaper, this is emery paper. Sandpaper, emery paper, or any foreign substance. Rule 6.02 also forbids pitchers to um, apply foreign substance of any kind to the ball. All right. Now, we know that commonly pitchers will surreptitiously apply pine tar to a baseball in order to improve their grip and If you know how to do it right, that can increase your spin rate. You might remember that uh, early in 2018, Trevor Bauer, then with Cleveland, he touched off a little bit of controversy because he was implying that the Astros were using an illegal spin substance on their balls. And in April of 2014, you might remember Michael Pineda, the former Mariner Traded for Jesus Montero to the Yankees. He was with the Yankees. He was suspended 10 games because he had pine tar on his neck. Is that to give more grip to his neck? No, it's so you could touch your neck and then touch the ball. So although doctoring the baseball has been a part of baseball since the sport was invented, MLB seems to be getting more serious about enforcing the rules. Uh, last month, Joel Sherman of the New York Post reported that uh, Chris Young, the Princeton grad, who was a longtime pitcher in baseball, he now works for MLB. He's going to be taking charge of all the uh, discipline, by the way, not Joe Torre. And um, he has been going around to all the camps in Arizona and Florida, and he delivered the message that Rule 602 is going to be enforced this year. So Mr. Princeton is cracking down. Now, for his part, Bauer, now a Cincinnati, he was on Real Sports on HBO. He said 70% of major league pitchers use, and pitchers, use illegal substances to improve their grip on the baseball. Do you have a problem with it, Uh, dear listener? um, I don't. I I really don't care (laughs) one way or another if they want to do this or not. But I feel a little bit bad for Harkins. Remember, the clubby... Is the uh, guy who gets everything that you need. And then you have, um, other clubbies are usually, you know, college or high school kids who are ball boys, bat boys. And, um, I got to know some years ago, this was, I don't know, like 12, 13, 14, a couple of the uh, visiting clubbies for the Oakland A's and uh, they were college students and they told me some fantastic stories about guys who were nice and guys who weren't so nice. And um, and that would be bad radio if I didn't give you at least one example. So I'll give you one of the good ones. It was the clubhouse attendant uh, was um, furiously working on his homework after he had worked BP for the visiting team. And um, one day uh, J.J. Putz came over the pitcher and said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm working on my homework. And he's like, we're working on your homework. He goes, Yeah, this is the only like hour I have to do it before the game starts. And so JJ Putts came back over with a check for a thousand dollars and just said, This is for college, don't buy beer with it. And so, I mean, just little things like that are really cool. And you wouldn't think a guy with a name like Putz, what are you a mashugana, your schmendrick? Would be uh sound like Jackie Mason with the old vodka the the, the 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 Sorry. By the way, there was once a uh, Jewish heritage night at the Coliseum, and I was doing the uh, pre and post, and I decided to do the entire post game with Yiddish isms. And I said, You got a little schmutz right here? Anyway, so Root Beer Float Day um, in July, a group of about 10 people came up to me, and they said, Are you Rick Kettle? I go, Yeah. they go, Um, well, we're Jewish and we listened to your post game show and I'm like, all right, career's over. Bye everybody. Nice knowing you. Like, we thought it was hilarious. You get it. We loved your line about why are they giving away bacon on Jewish heritage night? I'm like, why would they? Oh, for a second there, I was like, (laughs) whew. One time a couple of ladies, older ladies walked up to me and they go, are you blank? Said the name of one of my colleagues. And I said, no, I'm Rick Kittle. And they went, Oh, okay, good. Because blank is sexist. I go, Oh, he is? I'm like, Eef. Glad I'm not him right now. I would have had a talking to. But think about this. Harkins, who if he's been around thirty years, then you know, this was a guy who <clears throat> was uh, you know, getting Ken Seiko his beer for the A's when he was down there or whatever his post game beverage was or nothing. But um I think he's just doing his job is what he's doing. And if somebody comes, you're supposed to every whim, everything you can do. Um, and uh, if somebody comes in and goes, hey, I need a little bit more pine tar. And, uh, okay, or I need an emery board, or I need some sandpaper. You just give it to him, you know. Now, I'm sure people will turn this around as some sort of turncoat thing. Like, oh, Nick Arnold, you're helping. Did you bet on the other team, too? Now, he's doing his job is what he's doing. He's being a really good clubby. It, th- look, I'm not there, but this is what I'm reading from the story. He's being a really good clubby. Hey, Harkins, yeah? Give me some pine tar, please. Here you go, buddy. That's what it is. By the way, I remember asking, because I had a million questions, as I always do, but the, uh, the guy who was the uh, bat boy for visiting teams. And I said, who supplies the uniform? He goes, the visiting team always supplies the uniform. And I said, do they, they ask your size? He goes, no, they just bring a few sizes. And I go, do you ever have a problem? He said, when the Pittsburgh Pirates came in for interleague play, they brought two uniforms, one for an 8-year-old and one for a guy who was about 300 pounds. <laughs> I guess I know which one you are. All right, going got a little Friday Jan Wall on the other side. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
1: be published travel experts are here 24 7 to help 800-754-4531, 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. that's eight hundred seven five four forty five thirty one. it has been said that everyone has a book in them but do you have the time or the ability to write your book That's 800 403 5912.
14: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art
15: critic. That painting is bad.
16: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, border to border. Rick Tittle, I
17: love Rick Tittle.
3: And around the world, and uh, that voice, and you see her on our uh, Twitch.tv cameras, the great Jan Wall, film critic extraordinaire, film critic to the stars. To the
17: stars and back.
3: And um, we'll get to some of the movies, Jan.
17: Yeah, I've got two interesting, one interesting and one really good.
3: Yes. uh, Ben
17: Affleck rules. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yes, but uh, we have...
17: Basketball. It's about basketball. Is it really? Yeah.
3: All right. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we want to start off, we just want to uh, check in now with uh, Domini Schmidt. Domini Schmidt is the executive director at the USS Potomac Association. Oh,
17: I love it there. I love the USS Potomac. You see it around the bay. It is history. It is history floating.
3: Yeah, Roosevelt's uh, private yacht. And I've been on a cruise as well out of Oakland. I did that a couple of years ago. But we're here to talk about Women's History Month, and they've got some really cool events. Uh, there's one in honor of Frances Perkins, who is the United States right. Secretary of Labor.
17: I'll be at that one.
3: Okay, great. That is uh, Saturday, March 14th. Can't wait. On Thursday, the 19th, the Rosie the Riveters. Of course, the museum is over in Richmond, where my grandfather worked at the shipyards there.
17: Did he ever mention Rosie the Riveters and all of that? Or not really. You know,
3: I was I was eight years old. We yeah. didn't really get into it. Uh, First Lady, Eleanor Roosevelt Day, Saturday, March 28th.
17: And she used to spend the night on the USS wow. Potomac, I think, if I'm not wrong.
3: Domini, welcome to the show. How did you get involved with the uh, Potomac?
10: Good
17: morning. Good morning, I'm honey.
10: So, hi. How are you, Jan? Thank Great. you. I, I love history, and my grandparents were huge FDR fans,
5: mm-hmm.
10: so I got involved pretty much to honor my grandparents and and to share the history with children and everyone from today and you know Jan Eleanor did not spend the night oh, on the ship. Okay. I'm sorry to say she didn't like being on boats. She was <laughs> frightened by a by an experience when she was a child on a boat that caught fire. Oh. But she did come on a few times. Mm-hmm. She celebrated birthdays there and she came on to visit King George the Sixth and Queen Elizabeth. So she was on the ship a few times, but never to right. spend the night that we know her.
17: Right. I remember last time I was on there's this big kind of dining room area and you talked about Eleanor Roosevelt being there and I was very impressed because I come from a FDR loving family also. You're wonderful. Well we're happy to be honoring these three women, all of who had so much um
10: so much courage and so much strength and did wonderful things for our country in FDR's time. Mm-hmm.
3: Domini, correct me if I'm wrong, when I was on the the yacht, they said that this had been at the bottom of the, of the body of water and then Reagan got some money to pull it up and uh, clean it up and fix it, right? This was a sunken ship?
10: That's absolutely true. It was, um, sunken. It had been running drugs. It was part of a drug smuggling operation, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Whoa. And, um, she sank at Treasure Island and she was refloated by the Navy and, um, sold, put up for bid in the Port of Oakland is who bid on her for $15,000. Wow. And then Reagan did give some money and it was a five million dollar, five year restoration that our association did to get her back to how she was when the president was on board. See, I don't think that would happen. This is our 25th year of being open to the public.
3: That's great, but I, I love that because I don't think that would happen today because you had a Republican president fixing a Democratic, a Democrat's boat. Now, now it's just, it's too,
17: (laughs) it's too contentious.
10: It it is too contentious. That's right.
17: We're a nonpartisan ship, we like to say. Yeah. And how long? Everybody loves that. Yeah. (laughs) I I lived on a 41 foot power cruiser for, uh, seven years once and I loved it. But how long is the, uh, is this ship? Is the Potomac? It's 165 feet. Yeah. And so we can have 120 guests on her. Oh, she's so beautiful. I love it. And I can't wait for Rick Tittle Day because we're <laughs> going to have Rick Tittle Day and we're going to have all kinds of sports people. We could talk about famous sports figures during FDR's time. I have it all planned for you, okay? Oh, well, and FDR had the green light letter where he made sure that baseball continued
10: yeah. during World War II. So, you know, it all fits in. It all ties in. FDR mm-hmm. was a Terrific, President.
3: A couple more questions for Domini Schmidt, executive director of the USS Potomac Association, which is over in uh, Jack London Square in uh, Oakland. It takes tours around the Bay. Uh, I mentioned Frances Perkins. That's going to be in honor of her, um, and uh, that will be on the uh, 14th. She's the first woman ever appointed to the U.S. Cabinet. She was the longest-serving Secretary of Labor. Uh, in our history as well. And she was a personal friend of FDR, but a lot of people don't know about her. What can you tell us more about Frances?
10: Well, I know that she was on the ship with FDR, and she was very, um, had a lot to do with some of the decisions he made concerning Social Security, concerning um, the Works Project Administration. She was his right hand woman, and he listened to her and listened to her. Um, advice very much, so we can thank her for many of the programs that FDR put in
17: place. And a quick movie uh, movie note: Sunrise at Campobello with Greer Garson as Eleanor Roosevelt and Ralph as FDR. That's the movie to see if you ever want to see a movie about FDR. It's fabulous. Sunrise at Campobello. And one last thing uh, for me, Rick, is that when you go on on board this beautiful. Potomac, uh, they have the elevator, they have the radio room. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. in, in place. You really think you're back at that time, right? You certainly do. And
10: the radio room, he actually did one of his speeches for the Jackson Day dinner um, at, on the radio room on the ship in 1941. So um, it was one of his national broadcasts. You know, he was famous for those fireside chats. You know what? he did.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I thought you were done. The one thing, too, I think about when FDR, and, of course, we know about um, the, um, and if we watch the documentary, we know that he ran uh, up out of the water once uh, swimming, and he never, right. never ran again the rest of his life. Right. In World War I, a lot of people don't know, he was assistant secretary of the Navy. Yeah. The, the, the water was like a second home to him, wasn't it?
10: He loved the water. He loved to swim, and he adored fishing and um so that's why he liked the Potomac so much because it was a smaller group of people and he could get out on the water and fish and then have the chef cook what he'd caught for the day and it was just like a vacation a working vacation
17: right yeah, it's it's going to be such a blast the opening day on the bay is also the Francis Perkins one and so uh that will be so fun seeing the boats with their flags and oh i mean this is just one of the real gifts to the bay area and we thank you so much for having it there and thank you. And opening day on the bay is April
10: twenty twenty sixth, 26th and we will have a cruise that day also. So oh, that's a big, so fun. a big deal. That's a beautiful celebration of our of mm. our nautical history in the bay.
3: I know that the Francis Perkins day it's $55 for adults which is $20 uh cheaper than usual. Can you call that the new deal?
10: <laughs>
17: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rick. It. That's great. Excellent. No, that was good, Rick. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think of it, and I love the whole New Deal thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm impressed, We can call it whatever you want, Rick.
3: (laughs) All right. Uh, So for more information, Domini, how do we find out?
10: You either go to our website at usspotomac.org, or you can call 510 627
17: 1215, and we'd be more than happy to help. Do you still have those mugs for sale? I love these mugs they have, Rick. I use it every morning uh, with my coffee. It's the USS Potomac mug. Do you still have those there? I bought one last time. We still have
10: mugs, oh. we have wine glasses, and oh. we have challenge coins. Um, a new 25th anniversary challenge coin will be available on opening day. So fun.
3: Thanks, Domini. Really appreciate it. We'll see you out there on the Potomac.
10: Thank you. Looking forward to it. Happy sailing. Very happy sailing.
3: cool. And you know, Jen, I uh, have a uh, the postcard in my office from. Uh, they mailed me a thank you postcard. Really for coming on? Did you get one? No. Oh.
17: They weren't that happy. With you got me. Well, You got a mug. Yeah, I did get a mug, but <laughs> uh, a then again, better. I paid retail, darling.
3: Yes. Yeah. Boy, that's weird. Former drug boat that was yeah. sunken. Wow. The. Just think about how many things like that, the the disregard to reverence of such a fine vessel. And and I remember when I was on the Potomac, they said when Reagan asked for those $5 million, He got a lot of pushback. It's like we have real problems in this country. That five million dollars could go elsewhere, but he was insistent hmm. that they fix this yacht up.
17: That is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. again, this idea that that was a Republican uh, saluting mm-hmm. a Democrat. Do
3: you know it's funny though? Reagan was a Democrat when he was a young man.
17: That is true. Screen Rose- Actors Guild president. Mm-hmm.
3: And Roosevelt was a Republican. And and Roosevelt couldn't get the nomination, so he switched parties oh,
17: okay. because he
3: was like TR, T.R., His cousin, yeah,
17: Teddy Roosevelt, was
3: the biggest Republican ever, yeah, and he wanted yeah. to be like his cousin,
17: wow, distant okay. cousin.
3: And then, of course, the whole thing with Taft and the Bull Moose Party. We'll get into that in a Oh, my day. goodness.
17: Good for you. That History is a New Asia. Deal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm very impressed with your New Deal reference. Uh, oh, thanks. Control. Yeah, that's nah, excellent.
3: Drop one now and Are
17: you then. You ready to talk about movies or not yet? I,
3: well, I am, we're going to go to a break here in about okay. 30 seconds. Okay. Can we have a teaser?
17: Oh, wait. Yes. You, this is a movie that should bring uh, Ben Affleck another Oscar. It really well, should.
3: To me, Ben Affleck uh, and I loved Argo. I yes, was one great, of my
17: favorite films. A
3: great movie. That was the first movie I ever saw him in where he didn't shout every line. Because I think this is his idea of acting
17: is to deliver every line like this. Well, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, we disagree because he is uh-huh. brilliant, just brilliant. Not just in this movie, but I interviewed him, and so I'm extremely partial because yeah. he was so smart. I'm the same way.
3: When people are on my show, yeah, I, I'm kind of fond of them when they're a tittle vet. All right, come on back. Tittle vet. We got Jan Wall. We're you know also
17: I mean? yeah. You're well. That's you're a tittle vet.
3: Absolutely. And uh, we're also going to be speaking to the very fabulous Gary Virginia.
17: Yes, Gary Virginia. He rocks.
3: I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back with Jim.
17: Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic... Who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing
18: metaphors. Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't going to light the candle.
10: Thanks for clarifying, Rick.
13: If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents.
11: You don't have to
16: wait for amazing deals on a new floor. Get spring Black Friday deals right now at Lumber Liquidators Flooring. This week, save up to 35% on gorgeous hardwood and waterproof final floors. Plus, we can arrange for installation by professional, independent contractors. And with special financing, you can get started today. These are the floors homes are built on. Lumber Liquidators Flooring.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
11: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs.
7: Sometimes when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into
5: the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass,
13: the Flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. Right. Well, I have to, I have to go now, Dwayne, because I I'm due
17: back on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm.
16: tittle ain't the man but rick tittle know who the man is and he slapped his white fanny
3: welcome back to the show <laughs> what is going on rick tittle with you coast to coast around the world on american forces jan wall is in studio with and i'm the woman how you doing? how you jan? doing babe let's uh check in real quick with your good friend gary oh Virginia. my
17: friend gary he's so terrific hi gary hey jan how you doing, love?
15: I am busy as a beaver in a dam right now, getting ready for the big Mardi Gras ball tomorrow big night. Big ball
17: tomorrow night. I'll be there, and I wish I could get Rick Tittle to come.
3: So it is that. let's tell everybody what it is. It's the Crew de Kink Ball Mask, uh, and it looks like 17 Diners, Divas, and Dives. This will be at the cafe. Is this the former Cafe du Nord? Uh,
15: it is the former Cafe San Marcos years uh, ago. It's at Market and Castro Street, and they just did a major four-month remodel, so... Their capacity will hold almost 500 people now with a sophisticated light and sound system. We've got confetti cannons and great decor and
17: And a great costume show. Yeah.
15: It is a big ball with the costume show. Tons of auction and raffle items and cheap hurricane drinks and Stoli Vodka, if I can say that, our sponsor. Mm -hmm. And uh, we expect a big crowd raising money for Compton's Transgender Cultural District.
17: Mm -hmm. And it's all based on the Mardi Gras, right, Gary?
15: Yeah, every year, uh, Crita Kink was a Mardi Gras club founded by me as a way to raise money for the community in two thousand and four and we've raised over a hundred thousand dollars for about twenty eight charities since we were founded. See
17: that's so the yeah, kind of thing yeah. That's the kind of thing you ahead. do. That's the kind of thing you do. You and Donna Sachet are out there raising money for all these good causes.
15: Yes, yeah, she'll be singing the national anthem tomorrow night and our Grand Marshal is Renee Lubin, thirty three <sighs> years with Beach Blanket Babylon. So she'll be performing some Aretha Franklin oh. and cast members from uh each blanket will be there. Some of her casting crew will be there. So uh, it's going to be a fun party for just twenty bucks in advance.
17: Twenty bucks? It is. It is worth so much more than that. I can't believe Come you on. brought it in for that. Well, you
15: can be a VIP for forty bucks mm-hmm. and eat your heart out at a southern buffet and. Uh, We've
17: got mm-hmm. over but a But even forty people. bucks. I mean, this is a big party with incredible people. And when they I mean, she is now doing a one woman show and this, you know, she was at Beach Blanket for so many years. She played Glinda, she played uh Oprah Winfrey, she played a lot of uh, Whoopi Goldberg, she played all these great characters in Beach Blanket and she's a brilliant performer.
15: Yeah, you, Jan, you were a Grand Marshal for us when we were started way back in two thousand and six. Yeah. And yeah. uh You know she's so generous. She just said, "What else can I do to help?" And I said, "Well, you don't have to perform, but if you wanted to." And she's Mm -hmm. like, "Absolutely." Mm -hmm. So, Doctor D Spencer is going to be there on piano, accompanying her.
17: And you said Donna uh, Sachet is doing is singing the Starspang is singing whatever the the national anthem. National anthem. You know she did that for the Giants once, Mm. Donna Sashay. She broke
15: the ceiling. The first drag queen to sing the anthem at a major sports. team, and then she followed it up, doing it for the Warriors at their uh, new stadium when it opened at the Chase Arena.
3: Wow. Well, Jan Jan says she's going to have an outfit. Can we uh, get a little peek into what you're going to be wearing tomorrow?
17: Well, I'm going to have a mask, of course, as it is. I mean, I've never gone to, uh, you know, I've seen the movie Tightrope, which is this mm-hmm. great movie uh, with Clint Eastwood set to This her, is yeah.
3: more like Eyes Wide Shut, I think.
17: Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you know that? That's so right. Um, but anyway, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm going to wear the most outrageous stuff I can find. Uh, I'm going to try to keep to the colors, uh, I think green and purple because that's kind of the thing of Mardi Gras. But, you know, there's a whole lot of drag queens too. So I I won't even be noticed, right, Gary?
15: Oh, no, you will be because you always have an iconic Jan Wall hat on. Right, your, I got that. And bubbly personality is wow. just uh, what a lot of us are looking forward to.
17: Uh, what you do for the community is just fantastic. And the I guess there'll be a few Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence there. and yeah, Sister so Dana
15: of Iniquity will uh, be at the door. She okay. just turned 72, uh, and she'll be passing out beads as guests arrive. Yeah, and uh,
17: she
3: Well, tell us more. How can people get involved there?
15: Well, we have our hotline. If anybody wanted to call for last-minute reservations, it's 415-867-5004. And uh, we're also on brown paper tickets. If anybody does a, a search on there, it's at Mardi Gras SF 2020. So uh, there's two ways to get tickets. You can just show up at the door and buy a ticket at the box office. It's come as you are, or you'll see costumes and formal and blue jeans and T-shirts. It's... Anything goes. It's not a formal ball, but it is one that has a lot of moving parts, and as soon as you get in, the whole atmosphere feels like New Orleans.
5: There
3: it is. Whee! Dinners, Divas, and Dives, to King Basketball, 17, 6 p.m. to 9.30 tomorrow. That's Saturday at The Cafe, 2369 Market at Castro. Once again, the phone number, four 867 5004 or search for tickets at brownpapertickets.com. Speaking with Gary, Virginia. Gary, hey. c- congratulations on another... Uh, successful uh, Mardi Gras, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up down the road.
17: Let the good times right. roll, Mr. Virginia.
15: Le Bon Ton Brulee. I love Ooh. you, Chan. Love you,
3: you
17: Bye.
15: Alright, thank you Bye-bye very now. much.
3: You said uh-huh. something about uh, creme brulee there?
17: Oh, I don't know, but I'll go for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright, Chan. let's get to your fort, your Raison d'être, and that yes. is Movie Reviews, and you have a Ben Affleck basketball movie. You okay, want
17: to talk about. this okay. It has great basketball moments, and I'll get to that in just a second. But I want to tell you that I know somebody with thirty-two years of sobriety. Okay, very active in the program recovery mm-hmm. and da 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 da. This movie was so effective, and Ben Affleck was so believable as this drunk that's in, that's trying to shake the bottle, you know, to get rid of the bottle. That, uh, she had a drinking dream. When you dream that you're drunk, uh, that's, uh, that, she's never had that in the 32 years she's been in the program. So, I mean, he got in her head, you know, because he's so good at this movie. Mm. The movie's called The Way Back, okay? And he is just brilliant. What, what it is is, okay, it's all about his character but you ha- you get invested you know when you like somebody you see on screen a lot of times you see yeah. a movie and you don't like them right yeah you, you don't want to Go you don't on care the, about him. Not exactly. Well, in this, immediately you like this guy. He's a working class stiff. He doesn't look very good. I mean, Affleck must have gained thirty pounds for mm-hmm. this role. He's kind of fat, kind oh, of chunky. Maybe, maybe he
3: just was fat anyway. Maybe
17: he was chunky. Yeah. yeah, and he, uh and you know, he just didn't look that great. Even though he's still Ben Affleck, so he's not like Mr. Ugly or anything. Sure. But still, and and so anyway, he's this believable working class guy who goes up in buildings and does you know stuff in building uh, to help buildings uh, i guess get built uh but anyway uh he's a drunk and it's clear in subtle ways they show not obvious ways falling down but subtle ways they show he can't stop drinking okay and uh, every minute of the day practically it's all he you know thinks about and looks forward to like most alcoholics who are mm-hmm. practicing who mm-hmm. are not in sobriety right. so um he starts coaching a basketball team at his alma mater where he was a star once before he, high school he, mm-hmm. no college college, college. Okay. and it's really really well done the basketball scenes some of them are slow mo mm. slow motion so he has a
3: master's degree
17: what? You can't coach
3: in college if you don't Oh, have a you don't? It. Oh, see, I don't Well, know this that. is poetic license then.
17: I don't know that part. Okay, God, Rick. Um, I'm <laughs> anyway, so, I'm
3: nuts and bolts. In yeah, here, right. Yeah. You're like
17: in the reality thing. I'm just telling you when All you right. sit down, watch this. He has great basketball players and bad basketball players. Bad attitudes, good attitudes. Really good basketball moments. This in moments. Boston. Uh, this is in no. It's in L.A. Oh. It's at Pit, Pit, San Pedro. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'll recognize, yeah, Long yeah. Beach, that area. That's how you
3: get to Catalina.
17: Yeah, exactly. You get on the boat in San Pedro. Well that you see a lot of it in this. Here's a here's a visual aid brought to us by Darren Peck, the yes. producer.
3: Twitch.tv as you dribble it off the console.
17: Yeah, there it is. Okay, and I would throw it to Rick, but right now I want to finish telling you how yes. good this movie was. So eventually, we learn through uh, this basketball games and how he, you know that his life has to change. And it's just not corny, it's not cliched, but mostly because of Affleck, he's so real behind the eyes. His his dark eyes are just haunting. And it's just such a realistic film because he looks like, as I said, not great. So he's not like Mr. Movie Star.
3: Okay, two thumbs up for The Way yeah, Back. The Way what Back. What else is on the docket? The
17: other thing is, a, a, you know, right now we need a comedy, Rick. I mean, we need to laugh, sure. like, badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say this British comedy is called Greed, and it has a few giggles and guffaws. Uh, it, it It doesn't know if it's high comedy or at the end it becomes kind of dramatic and drama and real but while it's still fun because it's by the same director as one of my favorite movies did you ever see the full monty
3: i did see the full monty yeah. did you
17: love it did yeah. you not yeah.
3: God. I, I'm, and believe me i'm the biggest british comedy fan Well, how could you not love the full monty it. just because i i hold british comedy to such a high standard and that movie i think maybe i chuckled a couple times
17: well it's a well, yeah. please folks, see the full Monty. <laughs> Do not listen to Rick Diddle on this. But anyway, this really rich guy, okay, he's one of the richest guys. This is the movie Greed. One of the richest guys ever, okay? Mm-hmm. Steve Coogan plays him. Oh, I love who him. Who was in Laurel and Hardy recently. Oh, I heard
3: about this. Yeah. yeah. And he's like the
17: richest guy he's ever. He's the same
3: age as me, Steve Coogan. I think is we're that right? Born the same week. Yeah. Really?
17: 33, 4? Yeah. Something like 1933, that? 1933. Yeah. Oh, no, I meant, uh, Age, I was oh, trying 54, to be nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so Steve Coogan plays this guy, totally rich, really mm-hmm. weird teeth. I mean, just, and he uh, decides to throw himself a huge birthday party in Mykonos, you know, Greece. Sure. And so you get a lot of Mykonos, which is really nice, you know, f- even if you've never been there. Mm-hmm. It's fun to travel in the middle. A lot movies. of whitewashed
3: walls and all uh-huh,
17: that. all that, yeah. And so, uh, and Santorini is like that sure. as well. But this is Mykonos, so it's, this, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, the windmills and all the great stuff there. Yeah. Anyway, so he throws himself this huge birthday party, and his people are trying to find celebrities to come to the birthday party. Funny stuff. It's not altogether funny, as it should be. It's certainly not the full Monty. But right now, we need to laugh so desperately. And if you've seen Knives Out, Uh you know, this would be one that you'll get a couple laughs out of it. Yes. And right now we're desperate for laughs.
3: Did you ever see Steve Coogan's TV show, Alan Partridge?
17: I have not. I heard it was great.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it, he pretends to be this, like, washed up sort of a talk show host. And, uh, but it's, and, and, you know, a lot of the, the lines are so fast, you gotta be ready for it. But, uh, I've always liked Steve Coogan. I loved his appearance as Larry David's, um, Psychologist and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. I
17: was just going to mention that because I'm a yeah. huge fan. I tape it every week.
3: My favorite I'm show. A f- uh,
17: really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I genius. really love Curb Your Enthusiasm, but a lot yeah. of people find it annoying or find his character annoying. They don't realize if you live in L.A. I mean, I worked for a guy just like that Larry David person, <laughs> you know, uh, really uh, he was—he uh, owned a, a, a production company and was a big-time producer, and now he's in Palm Springs playing golf. But uh-huh. very much like Larry David, very much that character is extremely real to me. Funny, what, funny. One more
3: thing I want to throw you: We have about a minute left. Dana Gould is one of my favorite comedians. Yes, Was my in too. here the other day. Oh, and when they, he was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the beginning, when they showed the kind of hippie girls walking down the street, and Brad Pitt right. noticed them. They went right by his house, Dana Gould's house in real life.
17: Oh. Wow. And he goes,
3: I guess I wasn't home that day. <laughs> but that's the thing about site location. Yeah,
17: oh yeah. And
3: you're from LA. Well, yes, once upon
17: a time in Hollywood took me back to my LA days because I mean there was Musso and Frank's a restaurant that's still there. Mm-hmm. And Tale so of great. the Pop. Tale of the Pop. Brown oh, Derby. The Great Hot Dogs, at Tale of the Pop. I mean, this was all stuff I grew up with, Brown Derby. Also Vandy Camp's Bakery. I mean, all these great things, you know, uh mm-hmm. that come to life. Spawn Ranch, which fortunately I was never at, but uh all these great things came. Well,
3: life, you so. always make my show come to oh, life, Chan Wall. You. Have a great weekend. You Thanks too. for being in. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on
12: back. <laughs>
14: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
1: It has been said that everyone has a book in them,
14: but do you have the time or the ability to write
1: your book?
9: I'm sorry, it's the, it's the pleats.
7: It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion, it's the pattern on the pants, the, it's not fla-
12: flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now,
9: taking them back to the, the pants store.
16: Piddle is a majestic stallion.
3: All right, a couple minutes left, and now our number one of three. Aries Spears in studio coming up in the next hour. In the span of the next 48 hours, Cardinals manager Mike Schilt will be having, uh, let's just say, a busy couple of days. Did you know he was manager of the year last year in the National League? Some people would not know that. But he's going to manage a day-night doubleheader. Um and then he's going to be getting married. <laughs> and he said, I'm a pretty present guy. I know where I'm going tomorrow. I know where I'm going today. Now, today is West Palm Beach for the Twine and the Jupiter Beach Resort is where he's getting married. He said, I show up and enjoy opportunities in both. So he said, no players have been vi- invited to the wedding. He said the decision to do that was a gift to them. <laughs> and he says, um, the best way to show them love is to feel like they've got to go to their manager's wedding on a day off would be no. So remember, this is a guy who came in midway through 2018 after Mike Matheny got fired and just one month into his tenure, they got rid of the interim tag and he was given a three year deal. He took St. Louis to the playoffs. He was manager of the year. And of course, They did get swept by the Nationals, but very interesting time. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back.
12: Radio News with Tim Burke. President Trump is touring the damage in Tennessee after the damage by the tornadoes earlier this week. The president says he may go to the CDC in Atlanta to check on the status of the coronavirus outbreak.
1: They thought there was a problem uh, at CDC with somebody that had the virus.
12: Uh, it turned out negative, so we'll seeing if we can do it. Chief White House Economist Larry Kudlow is trying to calm the turbulent financial markets.
9: We don't know what the magnitude of the economy might be in terms of a slowdown. We don't actually know uh, what the magnitude of the virus is going to be, although, frankly, so far it looks relatively contained.
12: Kudlow also telling CNBC that the U.S. economy looks sound and that no one should panic over the economy. And you're listening to USA Radio News.
8: Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Does the
12: sound of guaranteed income have you thinking about
8: buying an annuity? Find out why Fisher Investments considers annuities about as attractive as a migraine with their nosebleed-level fees, no easy way out once you're in them, and other pitfalls. If you have $500,000 or more, call Fisher at 1-800-859-5500 for your free guide, Annuity Insights. 1-800-859-5500. It's your retirement. Know what to ask. Hi, this is Dr. Phil. The new coronavirus called COVID-19 is spreading in China and beyond. While CDC is working to stop the spread of the virus, we can all play a role in stopping this deadly disease. The CDC Foundation is a nonprofit organization supporting emergency response efforts in the United States and around the world. To get updates and learn how to protect friends and loved ones, find out how to help by going to cdcfoundation.org.
12: The U.S. economy is continuing to add jobs as the latest job reports is out for the month of February. With the details, here's USA Radio Network's John Clements.
14: The number of new jobs smashed expectations as the jobless rate fell to 3.5%. Elaine Carrageorge of the Bureau of Labor Statistics has the latest.
10: Total non-farm payroll employment rose by 273,000 in February, and the unemployment rate was little changed at 3.5%. Notable job gains occurred in health care and social assistance, food services and drinking places, government, construction, professional and technical services, and financial activities. Both the unemployment rate at 3.5 percent and the number of unemployed persons at 5.8 million changed little in February.
12: A new Reuters Ipsius poll shows that former Vice President Joe Biden has a 13 percentage point advantage over Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. And you're listening to USA
1: That's 800-215-5141.
12: President Trump at his first town hall of this campaign season. USA Radio Network's Robin Walinski reports.
1: I appreciate the question. I think the country is far more united than people think.
17: President Trump at his first town hall of the 2020 campaign season in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the event hosted by Fox News.
1: And ultimately what's uniting the country is success. And we're having more success than we've ever had. We got hit with the virus really three weeks ago, if you think about it, I guess. That's when we first started
15: really to see, you know, some possible effects.
1: But even despite that, the country, we are having the greatest year we had last year. was the greatest year we've ever had economically. And I think the way we unite is really through success.
12: It's that time of the year for folks across the country. As we hear from USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes. Most Americans are set to spring forward this weekend, Sunday marking the beginning of daylight saving time. At 2 a.m. Eastern Time on March 8th, people across the U.S. will need to turn their clocks forward one hour to reflect the new time. Or at least you'll have to do that to your old-fashioned clocks, as most other devices just automatically change the time themselves. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. For more news, find us online at usaradio.com or check us out on Facebook at USA Radio. For USA Radio News... I'm Tim Berg.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Rest in peace, Henri Richard, the pocket rocket, the little brother of Maurice the Rocket Richard. Henri, with Les Habitants de Québec, the Montreal Canadiens, played on 11 Stanley Cup winning teams, more than anyone in NHL history before... Getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, he was 84 years old. Commissioner Gary Bettman said, Henri Richard was one of the true giants of the game. The entire National Hockey League family mourns the passing of this incomparable winner, leader, gentleman, and ambassador for our sport and the Montreal Canadiens. Beloved by teammates as much for his determination and character as for his brilliant playmaking. He won more Stanley Cups as a player than anyone in NHL history, including five straight, while skating on a line with his older brother, Maurice Rocket Richard, a ten-time NHL All-Star, the gifted centerman who became known as the Pocket Rocket, ranks third on the Canadiens' all-time scoring list, won the Bill Masterson Trophy in 1974 and was voted one of the NHL's top 100 players in 2017. And he concludes... When his 20-year playing career came to an end in 1975, Richard devoted himself to representing his beloved Canadians and the game of hockey with the same tirelessness and class that he brought to the ice. We will miss him terribly, and our sincere condolences go out to his wife, Lise, and their children, Michel, Gilles, Denis, Marie-France, and Nathalie, ten grandchildren, four great-grandchildren, and his countless friends and family. So when he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2003, he said, all I ever had in my mind was playing with the Montreal Canadiens and thinking about playing with my brother, Maurice. That's the thing. As amazing as this guy was, his brother was even better. Can you imagine... Having two guys that good who were brothers, it's pretty crazy. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back.
11: Ready to own your first real home? The road to unrenting can get a bit rocky. It takes a reliable partner to right wrong turns. That's the role of a realtor, an expert voice of reason helping you navigate the rigmarole of real estate, a trusted ally who knows and represents your rights, so you get all the right guidance on your journey home. Is your agent a realtor? Look for the R. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are.
10: Isaac, you missed the winning dunk and cost your team the championship. What are your thoughts? Not good. Well, I switched to Boost Mobile and got a super fast
0: network and four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. So even when we lose, I still win. It
10: was an easy, fast break and no one was near you. You know what's fast? Boost Mobile Super Fast Network. They're calling your shot the greatest miss in history. Boost
0: Mobile's prices are never a miss.
15: I even get four lines for $25 per line per month. Oh,
10: look at that. The fans are burning your jersey.
0: Yep, the fans get it. My Boost Mobile Network is in fuego.
11: Switch to Boost Mobile and get four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones, all on our super-reliable, super-fast network. Step up with Boost Mobile. New customers only. Limited-time offer while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation, one free device per line. Customers who use more than 35 gigabytes of data during a billing cycle will be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retail for full details.
6: Nobody thinks twice about getting a second opinion on a doctor or a lawyer. But what about when you need somebody to work on your home, like an electrician, landscaper, or plumber? Somebody doing major work on your pipes definitely calls for a second opinion. So next time you get a recommendation on a pro, get a second opinion at Angie's List. As the authority on local pros, we offer thousands of reviews, plus business info, offers, and photos. Just go to angieslist.com. Hey, you want to feel great about who you're hiring, and we second that opinion.
1: We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have Debt Destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free. That's 877-360-0402.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, and as always around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. And um, video games can be very beneficial to all of us, especially members of our military. And um, not just to bring us a little uh, home cooking overseas to our troops, but to get their mind off more pressing matters, but also a sense of community. And we're now joined by Matt Bergendahl, he is with uh, StackUp and uh, the Director of Suicide Prevention. And we're going to bring in Artur Plotianic, who is with World of Warships, when we can get Artur on the line. Matt, thanks for being on the show. Tell us a little bit more about what StackUp does for the military.
19: Uh, thank you. Um, so StackUp uh, is, is geared towards um, how we can use the benefit gaming and social connectedness with all of our programs. We have four four-pillared programs that either have direct or indirect mental health benefit to it. Uh, the, the aim is is to bring uh, veterans and active duty personnel into our orbit and get them socially plugged in again um, noticing that often many of them find themselves you know disconnected you know particularly once they have left their unit and they've been, they've been honorably or discharged um, and so we try to Find a way to plug in that that hole that's missing. You know, when a when a service member has been with their unit for X amount of years, they've been deployed all over the all over the globe, and then they find themselves by themselves again. Uh, we're we're kind of there to to fill that need.
12: To
3: see, you know, as like I said, I, I know it's very popular, but to see the actual numbers in a recent survey, it was basically seventy five percent, three quarters of our military mm-hmm. participate. Uh, in video games, and that social interaction is something that, um, you know, because a lot of times you feel very alone. It's is, it is, it's vital to sometimes the, the, the mental yes. mental outlook.
19: Absolutely. When I was uh, in Iraq during the war, uh, my PlayStation 2 was the way I unwound from, you know, a 13-hour day. And uh, sometimes I was playing a sports game with my friends and my fire team, or sometimes I was just playing uh, a game like Final Fantasy, just to kind of unplug from what we were experiencing that day. So, it, you know, gaming has, has, you know, it's interesting, uh, gaming has long since been, uh, part of the military, you know, back in World War One, there was card games and they were using that to relax during, um breaks during the fight. So, it, it's really any service member who, who, you know, any service member are going to recognize that, yeah, gaming certainly has its place in the military.
3: The, uh, you know, wargaming with World of Warships, they put a link inside, and which is basically Mm -hmm. saying, look, if you, if you feel like you need help, just click here. And on the one hand, you think, oh, that's nice, but that actually, that, that's a brave decision to do, because everything can be so macho sometimes, and it's like, I don't need help, and what's this doing in my video game? That, that's actually a big deal for them to do that.
19: Right. What they're doing is one first of its kind. I, I I can't think of a single game developer who are willing to uh do something like this. I mean we have a lot of uh developers who who are, who yeah, will donate some money towards mental health and we recognize it's its necessity uh um, and its need. <clears throat> but uh war gaming went a, and and went a step beyond. And uh they are literally putting this button inside the game so that when that service member that veteran is under some sort of uh, duress they can easily come and get help in our stop program um, and 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 that's the interesting thing about it is that even though um, you know you could be playing a game often if it's a multiplayer game you're going to play with your same team you know uh, I have a close group of friends that I play with and uh, we'll sit there and play the game but we'll also shoot the breeze and talk about things that are on our mind and what are what's going on and you know if it ever came to that point, for example, within World of Warships, uh, you know, you can say, hey, why don't you push that button, man? It sounds like you're just kind of struggling right now. These guys can, are trained to help you out. And, and to me, that is just amazing what Wargaming is doing. A
3: couple more questions for Matt Bergendahl. dahl sure. We're trying to get Arthur Pliocznik on, uh, on the line. We'll see if we can do that. But Matt is with Stop. Um, can you just talk about your own uh experience if you could about cycling back to the civilian world because so many times we hear about veterans the numbers are much higher than normal people for taking their own lives and you think why would somebody who survived all these firefights and ieds do this to themselves but just that disconnect you have even with your wife your kids your parents your brothers you come back and it's just it's so hard isn't it
19: yeah absolutely um you know i'm, I'm kind of dating myself but i I was in Iraq when the war first started, So, um, and I. but the thing of it is, is that it really hasn't changed as far as the mentality of coming home. Um, you know, a lot of service members are going to experience things that are unique, and they will never experience again in their lives once they come home. Uh, thankfully, most of us don't live in an area that's like a war zone, um, and so we kind of have a, a steered perspective of what the world looks like um, and how, and at times, just kind of how cruel um, the world can be. And so it, it's obviously it's going to kind of uh, kind of give you a more uh, darkened perspective of how things are. And and so it kind of carries on when you get back home. It's like, um, you know, how can we make find and balance the the way it is and what we experience? Because not every area, not every area, at least in our country, is a war zone. And there's good and there's bad. And when a service member comes home, um, if they even if they still have a few years of of their enlistment or uh, before they can get out, they still have to grapple with the effects of reintegration with their family, um, getting used to the way their unit is operated back in the stateside versus when they're deployed. A lot of different changes is basically what takes place, and that's why we see a lot of service members who actually volunteer. Uh, to redeploy back into the war zone because it, to them it just it's simple, it's dangerous, but it makes sense. It, it's and 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 that becomes um, a very reoccurring theme with a lot of the service members I had seen when I was a, a mental health therapist for the VA.
3: You know, I think about how video games have helped train. Our troops as well, and you think about doing a flight sim, and it's much better to crash in a flight sim than it is in real life. And you, right, yeah, you know, I was once a guest on uh, in combat control on a U.S. warship, and I, I couldn't believe how almost video game asked it looked. And this generation that's coming up now, the hand-eye coordination—it comes second nature to them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this, and the military has embraced it to use video games, not just for games, but for actual real training.
19: Absolutely. Yeah, it's very much now integrated with the uh, the newer systems that are out there. I believe there's even some of the uh, the, uh, the up armored vehicles that have like a joystick that's very similar to an Xbox controller, and that's like that for a reason. And and so it's it's quite interesting to see how it evolved.
3: Wargaming is introducing a a special bundle with World of Warships right now, and over a nine week period. 100% of the proceeds from the sale of the bundle will benefit StackUp's Overwatch program, STOP. And uh, from the sale of this limited edition in-game bundles, Wargaming has looked to raise about $100,000 uh, in donations. For people who want to, let's say they're listening and they're like, well, I want to help. I don't want to get the bundle. How else can I help?
19: Um, I'm, I'm quite certain uh, that there are ways you can, well, you can still donate to our, our mission uh, through StackUp directly, mm-hmm. or uh, I believe Wargaming has ways you can do that as well. Um, I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but, but StackUp is always uh, accepting donations directly through our, our main website. Mm-hmm.
3: I remember when uh, World of Warships uh, started uh, integrating uh, subs, and I remember thinking, why weren't there submarines before? But that took it to a whole new level knowing that I had to start worrying about these like wolf packs underneath the water <laughs> trying to get me in there. All right, anyway, uh, we've been speaking with uh, veteran Matt Bergendahl, the director of suicide prevention with Stack Up and uh, the bundle with World of Warships from Wargaming. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get our tour on the uh, phone. But, uh, Matt, we thank you for your, uh, your time, and, and obviously what you do is just super vital. So thank you for your service then and now.
19: Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
3: World of Warships is a great game, y'all. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline.
8: products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
0: I'm just a caveman. Your world frightens and confuses me.
16: Rick Tittle wants to hear from you. The phone call is free, y'all. Just dial 1-800-878-PLAY to get yourself on the air right now. Call him up now, lazy ass.
12: 1-800-878-PLAY. I don't think you should be butting in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to?
7: I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell? Why are you there? Why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you
12: are. No, I'm not. All
3: right, uh, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. And if you're watching, uh, tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, twitch.tv. we got a little high-def webcam. Um, uh, my guest here, Aries Spears, stand-up comedian. He's going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club. He has two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. And uh, good to see you. It's been over five years since you
18: Oh, man. Here. I, I I didn't remember being here.
3: Yeah. Uh, I said I made, I made a big impression on you. Well, no. I, <laughs> I'm just playing. You go to
18: a hundred different places. Yeah, events. I roamed the halls, and then it all started coming <laughs> back to me. <laughs>
3: Um, what's it like when because I think not everybody can do stand up, but some guys and gals will do it for a year or two years and they kinda of fizzle out or it's they, they stink. <laughs>
18: they stink. That's just what it is, huh? Yeah, they stink. It's you know, funny. It's, it's entertainment is the the entertainment industry is the studio fifty four of the game, mm. and everybody's on that other side of that velvet rope trying to get in, right. and everybody ain't worthy of getting over.
3: It's so. funny, because I, I quote Mark Norman a lot. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite comedians, and he says when people say, how did he get a Netflix special? Why didn't I get mine? And he goes, because you're no good.
18: Well, you know, <laughs> there's, that might be true, but there's also politics involved in that. So. I wish
3: you, like, Comedy Central has politics going on there.
18: Yeah, it all does. All, the whole business just is, you know, it political. The, the stew is a couple cups of political, three-quarter tablespoons of BS and a whole lot of, you know, other crap.
3: It is weird now because, like, when David Spade had Lights Out on Comedy Central, he's like, I'm not doing politics. It's just, it seems like everything now is politics. We're just right. going to make
18: fun of people on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's such
3: a target-rich environment with this president right now.
18: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it writes itself, so... um you know, the, between the Bush years and now the Trump years, um, you know, comedy's been 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 kind to a lot of comedians, <laughs> you know.
3: Well, I'm sure you're writing good
18: jokes when Obama's eight years. I, you know, Obama really didn't give us material, yeah. you know. He was, he was like the Sydney Poitier of presidents, <laughs> you know. He just uh, he came along at the right time and he was the right guy and, you know, eloquent and charismatic and good looking. And so, you know, I'd love to have him back, though.
3: I was so naive, I kind of thought once we had him, we would kind of continue on that vein and have another guy like that. Oh, there'll never be one. another
18: guy like that. <laughs> there'll never be another guy like that. He was everything right. I, I got a man crushing Obama. I don't mean to turn off certain listeners if he ain't your cup of tea, but, uh, you know, given what we have now, we got Biff from Back to the Future in the White House now.
3: <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, it's like, uh, I think it was Aziz Ansari saying that, he goes, when, when George W. there was in the office, he said, I thought for sure this guy was a dildo, but now he looks like Winston Churchill.
18: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, compared to this guy, man, you know, I'd take the Bush years back, too. Yeah,
3: so the one thing, too, I, I love about your career is you got started when you were a teenager. Yes. And I always 14. like to use this example. When I was 14 with my friends, we thought we were hella funny, but yeah. we, we weren't going to be comedians. When did you like, I'm going to keep going?
18: You know, I, I knew as, as, as a young lad, I always wanted to be famous. Um,
3: and your mom was in show business.
18: Yeah, huh? yeah, still is. She's a jazz and blues singer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always knew I wanted to be famous. I just didn't know how I would go about it. And I thought I was going to be heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. but then you got to exercise and eat right, so that didn't pan <laughs> out. Uh, and then I thought I wanted to be a rapper, mm-hmm. uh, and then until I found out that wasn't my thing. And then, mm-hmm. but comedy has always been something near and dear to my soul. You know, from my dad getting me hooked on all those movies from, you know, uh Man Tam Orlin and Fetch It and mm-hmm. Abbott and Costello and Which Way is Up? Yeah, Man. and all those great com those great movies between Sidney Portier and Bill Cosby. Um so and I just always watched comedy and I and I always felt it and loved it. And of course Eddie Murphy. Is what drove it home back in the 80s on SNL.
3: Sure. Yeah. Is it, um, what is it? And this might be a tough question, but Bill Cosby, because I'm 54, right. and he was so iconic. Yeah. In those albums we would listen to, mm-hmm. no one had that tempo and the timing that right. he had, and he'd lead you down a long road for a nice punchline. Yeah. But now with everything that's going on, and he's in the pokey, is it still the kind of thing like where, you can look at a guy and say, look, I'm not going to vilify him because he meant so much to me and I know mm-hmm. what he did was bad. Is that hard sometimes? Well, I
18: mean, you, you got to separate the legacy from the person. Yeah. Personally. Um, the legacy is still intact. You know, what he accomplished and what he meant, uh, is still intact. You know, I, I, I talk about, uh, Obama, I mean Trump on stage and then I bring up the Bill, it bleeds me into the Bill Cosby thing a little bit. And I still say that, you know, what his, what the Cosby show did, for black America, black America, uh, can never be overstated. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he, he brought, he brought that attention that needed to be brought to the country to go, look, not all black people live like good times. You know, there, there are well-to-do black people with mothers and fathers in the home and a family unit, mm-hmm. um, that are successful. So, that doesn't change any of that. You know, if mm-hmm. I, if I, if, if one of my R. Kelly jams comes on, I'm bobbing my head. But I mean, I know what he did, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. So if I could separate the urine from the man, uh, we good to go.
3: <laughs> R. Kelly's doo doo butter, as yeah. Said. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that. We're with Ari Spears, by the way. He's at uh, COPS tonight and tomorrow. Where I grew up in, in Richmond, which is predominantly African American, but I was in the Richmond Hills. And so, like, the my black friends on my street, their dads were doctors and lawyers and yeah. prof- professors at Cal. But we also had kids who got bussed in, and right. I always thought it was interesting for the the the, uh, the the my black friends from my neighborhood and then meeting the kids who were getting bussed in, right. and they didn't they didn't really mesh well together for a while. It it took it took a bit because they yeah were, because yeah.
18: ones from the you know uh, those are two different worlds. You yeah. know, um, be it as it may that they're both black those are two different cultures in a sense mm-hmm. uh you know one of my favorite ESPN sports documentaries if you call it that was the fab five yeah in which Jalen Rose talks about not liking Grant Hill because he had a father in the home and he had you know he, he came from a well-to-do environment yeah. um he couldn't relate to that being a kid from Detroit who grew up in the ghetto so um yeah that does exist you know there's a little bit of a a little bit of a rivalry there, you mm-hmm. know, uh, might not need to have it or shouldn't be, but it is what it is.
3: Yeah, it's funny. I'm going to keep getting cerebral here, by the way. Um, a lot of people of mixed race say they don't fit in with either group. And it's funny, speaking of sports, Dak Prescott, the Cowboys right. quarterback, said, I go to my white family, fit in with right. my back family, fit in. I don't know what they're talking about. It just depends on the individual.
18: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. i got to imagine that's a tough world to grow up in because, mm-hmm. you know, especially as a, as a young person. You're always looking to have an identity, and you know having a, having an identity is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you come from two different worlds like that, you get confused as to which one you belong in. Um, so yeah, that's a tough thing to navigate, man.
3: You know, I come from the the East Bay, the Oakland, Richmond area, and so you come to San Francisco, and they right. like to think they like to think they're more sophisticated, right. and it's like whatever, but. Do you get like you know people remind you? Are you are you more of a Jersey guy or a Manhattan
18: guy? I'm a New York guy. I, I you know I grew up in in uh, the city, mm-hmm. uh, Hell's Kitchen area. Oh okay. So so and then I moved out to Jersey for my middle school, high school years. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm yeah I'm, I'm more of a New York. Jersey is like the side piece to New York. You know, <laughs> New York is the main wife. You know.
3: You know it's funny because you know you grow up here in California and you see Jersey Shore, or Sopranos, or whatever. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I was in Manhattan and I was going to drive to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Yeah. And I went up, up Manhattan, went over the GWB. And there's this beautiful stay with farms and all these nice little towns. And but, everybody makes you think it's just the shore or
18: AC. That's like, yeah, whole Oh, no, State. No, no, <laughs> no. Some beautiful parts to Jersey. Um, so I, 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 you know, I was fortunate enough to do both. You know, I, I loved growing up in Jersey, but also, you know, Man, there's nothing like Manhattan, man. There's, it's oh. just the city itself is yeah. a celebrity. So, you know, it's just great energy.
3: It's a weird thing because I've said this before on the air, but there are certain cities, London, Paris. London's wonderful. Yeah, but when I'm there, I feel pumped. I kind of feel rock stars. Like, yeah. I'm in Manhattan right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. midtown.
18: There's certain parts of San Francisco to remind me of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the, the energy, the busyness, um, you know, some of the decor. Uh, but yeah, I, I I love it, man. There's nothing like it.
3: It's funny. I have a, a caller who calls me all the time from uh, Hell's Kitchen. So mm. a little shout out to uh, Charlie out there if you're listening right <laughs> now, Charlie <laughs> in Hell's Kitchen. And I just I just love that name. Hell's you kitchen. know, it's like in, in England when you or London you go to Cheapside, you know, heard that. or Mud shoot It's right. just these these old names makes it like oh Hell's Kitchen. That right. must be the worst place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. No, it's good stuff. So um. You got Cobbs tonight. Yes, sir. You got two shows. You got two shows tomorrow. Um, I think a lot of us remember you from Mad TV Mm -hmm. and Bobby Lee, who's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, did you, how much did you work with Bobby on that show? Uh,
18: not too much. Uh, I did a couple things with him here and there, but I I didn't, I didn't get to, uh, work with him a whole heck of a lot.
3: It's funny because, like, that show, I mean, it, it still resonates. Big time to this day. Yeah,
18: I mean, you know, the the thing is sometimes people come up to me and go, man, uh, when I was a kid and they were in their <laughs> 20s, and it makes me feel a little old, yeah. but they were like, yeah, I was a kid when I used to sneak and watch you and stuff like that. So, you know, All I'll right, we take got, it.
3: Good stuff. we got another uh, uh, segment here with Aries Spears. He's at Cobbs. Come on back.
4: Excuse me, Captain. This is your wake-up call from the new TrackPhone Wireless. Uh, what's that now? What if you had to fly this plane while sitting back in the cabin? I wouldn't have any control. Well, that's what it's like going with some wireless companies, but TrackPhone Wireless gives you control. Hmm. Get unlimited talk and text on America's best 4G LTE network starting at $20 a month no contract. Plus, unlimited carryover data with active service. That's cool, but how'd you get in my cockpit? This is your wake-up call, people. The new TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. Available at major retailers. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com. Oh, oh, oh,
7: O'Reilly.
4: Save big during
0: O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Day Sale. We have great deals on socket sets, impact wrenches, and more. Need a new battery? Right now, get up to a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate when you purchase select SuperStart batteries. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh,
7: oh, oh, O'Reilly.
1: That's 800-403-5912. You
19: talking to me? You talking to me?
16: Rick Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
3: Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Aries Spears is with a stand up comedian and actor. He's at Cobb's two shows tonight, two shows Saturday down here on Columbus Street in North Beach. It's uh, it's funny, we were just talking in the break about, um, you know, you've done a lot of TV and a lot of films. Not, not all, you, all you worthy just,
18: of mentioning, but.
3: Well, uh, <laughs> not all of my shows are worthy of mentioning either. <laughs> But you did, uh, you're just talking about a movie with some some big stars and it's still in the yeah, can or post or whatever.
18: Yeah, it, it never hit the theaters. It came out on, uh, I think it's available on Amazon Prime. I did a movie called Kings with Halle Berry and Daniel Craig. Wow. I'm just going, how does that not make the theaters? <laughs> <laughs> James Bond and and... <laughs> I know Hallie is not what she used to be in so terms of star power. but she's gorgeous. still, yeah. She's still Holly Berry. She was in John Wick 3. I know. She so looks, looks like she's like, 35. I know. Um, so yeah, who knows? What was that about Kings? Cause I gotta, uh, I gotta it, it watch was, it. Now. It was actually about the, uh, LA riots, uh, yeah. at a time when I think the, uh, Rodney, Rodney King thing happened and, uh, she plays him like a foster mother to a bunch of kids and he plays her neighbor. Uh and you know, a little bit of a race thing too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um it's funny I was gonna mention this, but there's this minor league team. You know how minor league baseball teams have these crazy promotional nights. And yeah. the Charleston River Dogs were gonna have the O J trial night. They were gonna get out different orange juices and have people trying them. Oh but people are offended by the name O J Trial Night. I can yeah. see
18: that. I can <laughs> see that given the circumstances. Just
3: <laughs> just a little bit. Um, a couple things I wanted to ask you about in your career, too.
18: Yeah. Uh, Jiminy Glick. That was on the other night. I was up at 3 in the morning channel surfing and caught that.
3: I just Martin Short, I mean, he's great anyway. Yeah. But that character, yeah. as he's choking, he's eating more donuts. Yeah, it's, it's a great you know. character. How yeah. fun is that?
18: Yeah, it was great, man. We shot that in uh, Vancouver. And, uh, I, you know, I, I forgot how many cameos, how many big-name stars came through and appeared in that movie uh i (laughs) didn't get to work with any of them but uh it was a great experience man i i I dug it man
3: it's funny because yesterday on the show i had eric roberts on and Mm -hmm. he's been he has like 561 credits and i said what's it like when you're channel surfing like that and he says if you give me all night with the remote i will find something i'm in so what's that like when you're turning around you're like oh yeah
18: you know i don't have that many credits like that um but you know, it, it's, uh, it just reminds you you're not completely a loser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, that's right, I'm in a movie. Like Jerry Maguire uh, was on, sure. uh, not too long ago also, and it was a little depressing, cause I thought at that moment when I shot that scene, I felt fat. And now I look at it and go, no, I was handsome, I'm fat now. <laughs> and so, I feel the exact same way, man. Yeah, yeah, I was, I had a jawline uh. in that movie. Yeah.
3: I was like, I remember I was like 20 pounds heavier than I was in college. I'm like, oh, I'm so fat. I'm like, I wish I could go back. Oh, beer. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At that time, of course, TP, that was a great, uh, character. The other thing you do, um, animated stuff. There's so uh, much animated stuff. Yeah. And you do I, a lot of
18: voices. Yeah, I've done a couple things. Uh, I did family, an episode of Family Guy, American Dad.
7: Mm-hmm.
18: Once upon a time ago, one of my first regular gigs was a cartoon on Fox called Sea Bear and Jamal, and Tone Loke was the bear, the talking bear. No way. And it was me, Jamie Foxx, uh, and I forget who the other person was. But there was that, and, you know, uh I, I've done a couple of things here and there. You know, I, I'm Wizard Kelly on The Proud Family, mm-hmm. which they just brought back cool. uh to Disney streaming or whatever that is, Disney Plus. Sure. So, yeah, I've, I've done a couple of things.
7: Man, Tone
0: Loke, you got, like, the most raspy
18: yeah, voice. Yeah, man, yeah. He was, he was the guy <laughs> in the 90s.
3: No doubt about it. I still today say Funky medina and
18: I mean, well, you're white, so that you know (laughs) certain rappers stay within the lexicon of what y'all do. Young MC Tone (laughs) loaf, MC Hammer, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. I know y'all's catalog.
12: Uh, uh, Don't get. I'm not that
18: Iowa. Nah, Uh... nah, but I know the white. I know the the Uh, white man, Negro music catalog. I know what it is.
3: You know what's funny though? I was listening the other day to. uh still, you know, Snoop and Dre and somebody's yeah. and my friend who's black, he's like, Ah, oh, it's such a white song. I'm like, Really?
18: This nah. that's
3: white? Nah. I got I got made fun of for that.
18: Nah, he he no, I ain't. That, all right, that's thank that's, you. That's one of the you uh, know, comb. that's, that's the real street stuff right there. Well see, that's what I thought yeah. I thought.
3: See, for me growing up, when I was in the eighties and I was playing college football, I would listen to Born to Mag, like Too Short, like that right. was and all my wow. my my friends who played football with me who were from LA they didn't yeah. know they didn't know short dog back then. yeah so it was uh, it was kind of cool for me to introduce yeah. them to, to that to, in yeah. 1988 or whatever it was um have you watched that that Netflix special about hip hop uh, revolution I've seen some of them yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really good and when you go like old school into the right. the Bronx and yeah. Sugar Hill and all that and yeah. they were kind of seen as like, the sellouts and they weren't right. real. Right. That's why this the the underground stuff out here like the far side and it's like you know the difference between being a, a OG rap guy and then a sellout. But the thing well, is, if somebody gives you a record contract, what are you going to say? No,
18: right? Yeah, I mean you know, um, so many of those guys that want to label you a sellout and label you this and that, you know, they do that out of envy, yeah, you know, and jealousy, you know. Well, I, over I in
3: have, Berkeley, we had a punk club at Gilman, and and Green Day would play all the time, and right. they got a record album. They, oh, it's sellouts, yeah, I'm like they're they got number one song in the country. The funniest
18: thing to me is to go through Instagram and once upon a time ago when I was on Twitter and have guys that sit at a cubicle and call you washed up. You know, oh, you're washed up. Like, you know, it's like, come on, man, where's your perspective? I'm in a business where I'm in the 50% tax bracket. You're not. (laughs) So if I'm washed up, what does that make you? I just did two shows in the Bahamas making five figures. What are you doing? You know, so it's always the ones that can't do it that talk the most.
3: Yeah, and the funny thing is about those are because there are a lot of people who will critique sports talk shows and, and things like this yeah they're usually people that tried so hard to do it and got rejected
18: or they didn't try at all yeah uh, because they let fear uh, stop them yeah so they,
3: they weren't competitive enough yeah
18: to, you yeah, listen man I tip my hat to anybody that has the cojones to go out there and try and attempt to live your dream because mm-hmm. it's so hard. You know, and whether you, and, and uh, you know, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but, you know, two things. It's either that people don't know how to do it or they're too afraid to try. Um, so if you can get past fear and educate yourself and go for it, there's nothing better, man. There's nothing better. A
3: couple more questions for Aries Spears. He's at Cobbs tonight and tomorrow. The podcast is Spears and Steinberg. Yes, sir. Tell, tell us a little uh,
18: bit more about uh, what you guys do. Spears and Steinberg, the Jew and the Jerk. And we try and be uh, today's comedic alcohol in a prohibition era. I like uh, that. Where you know political correctness has run amok, and everybody's so moist and sensitive now. Uh, This is America, damn it! You know we like to be. We don't like to be told what to think and what to feel and what to say and what not to (laughs) say. So while everybody's cowering in fear, uh, we try to you know give you what you really want that 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 illegal alcohol. You know, get drunk. You know, don't be politically correct. Say what's on your mind. Stop worrying about feelings and let it go.
3: Right. It's funny because I listen to Tuesdays with stories with Joe Liss and Mark Norman. (coughs) And they say stuff there just for fun, but it would make the Shane Gillis thing look like nothing. And that's why I think it's kind of sad with comedians. I mean, I can understand... You know, these college students, which used to be the cool place to perform, but now, you know, no transgender jokes, no political Yeah, jokes. I,
18: I never was in the colleges for for those exact reasons. Um, you know, well, one, you know, I'm 44, so sometimes some of my references, if you weren't a part of the 80s or the 90s, go over people's heads, and, and I'm too old to change my game now. Right. So you're going to adapt to me. Um, right. But, you know, yeah, it, I, I, what a moist time to live in. Like, I was born in 75, so I'm an 80s baby. You know, so <clears throat> everything that got ushered in, you know, and, and, and every generation wants to believe theirs was better than the last. Mm-hmm. But you, there's no way you could tell me the Roaring Twenties was great. You know, right. uh, we came in through the introduction of technology. I mean, it's way better now, but still. You know, it used to be fun to go to Blockbuster Video. It was an event. You know, right. now you just sit on your couch and you pick it from your TV. Um, well,
3: plus, when you rented a movie and you drove down there and paid three bucks, You were going to watch that movie. Oh, yeah. Now,
18: Netflix, you give up on something in five minutes. Not only that, again, it's the adventure of it. It was an adventure to go get in your car. Let's go look and see (laughs) if the movie's there. There was a rush to doing it. And I think that uh, this young generation is so lazy because everything is available on your phone. Right, you know, kids don't go out and play anymore. I came up in an era where we used to play tackle football in the streets. Yeah, no, you know I what know. I mean? If you didn't, if you didn't scratch your knee or break a collarbone, it didn't count.
3: Yeah, chip a tooth. I'm ten years yeah. older than you. I get it. And then, <clears> is, <throat> it, then again, being realistic, if I had a 55 inch high def TV with all the movies and shows on demand and games better than
18: arcade games, I probably
3: wouldn't have gone outside. Before. I know I wouldn't have.
18: Because I don't go outside now because of it. Right. You know, but I've earned my stripes. You know, I've already right. been through the war. So, uh-huh. you know, I deserve a little downtime.
3: When I was five years old, I walked to kindergarten by myself.
18: Oh, dude. Can you imagine that now? Dude, we played in the woods. You know, black kids ain't got no business near trees. <laughs> you know, we played in the woods, man. Um And, yeah, we used to walk places and, you know, uh, cross highways and, we were built different, man. These kids today are just moist, man. It's funny. I remember um,
3: I coached my alma mater in, in uh, Richmond in, uh, football for a few years, and the team was mostly uh, black players. And we were playing up in Clear Lake, way up about a couple hours north, mm-hmm. and we're going through all these hills, kind of backwards. And all of a sudden, way in the back, "Hey, coach, what?" And he goes, "We don't like these hills." <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh One more thing I wanted to ask you about before you bounce. Yeah. The Apollo, the energy there. No one, the Sandman's there.
18: No one, that crowd. But was, I, I, when I did mm-hmm. the Apollo, I didn't do it like amateur night. I, I came as a featured special, yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> the year before, I had done Def Comedy Jam when I was sixteen. Wow. Uh Seventeen, actually. Oh, 16, 16. Mm-hmm. And then the very next year, I did Showtime at 17. Wow. So I kind of came in that way. And look, look if I'd have stunk, they'd have still booed me. Sure. Uh, but well, I, they they want to turn on you if you're bad. And they don't care that you're a kid. <laughs> you know? To hell with your, with your dreams.
3: I love the fact, too, is that if something's real good, people will get out of their seats and
18: start... Well, <laughs> black folks, listen... <laughs> We do everything to the, to the top. If, you know, if uh, we hate you, we're going to hate you all hard. If we love you, we're going to love you hard. That's why uh, when we laugh, it's great because we do backflips and <laughs> do tracks, run around the arena. We, we go crazy.
3: It's kind of funny you said it because a couple of days ago, I had a, a guy on the show who had done a documentary about black hockey players and he's going around the NHL oh. arenas showing, you know, and just talking about guys today like Joel and Evander Kane, PK Subban, guys like that. But, he talked about how that uh, uh, when, black, when slavery ended and blacks went into Canada, they were some of the first hockey players. Right. And he said, he goes, that's the thing, he goes, when, when we do something, we do it with more flair, more style, right. more panache.
18: Listen, man. And that counts
3: as laughing, too.
18: Yes. Listen, man, <laughs> uh, you know, it gives me a little bit of pride here, but black people historically have done everything pretty much first. And, and, and when we have done it, and I don't want this to come off this way, but truth is truth. We do tend to do it better, but I think that that b- comes out of a hunger. And because, you know, we've always been made to feel like we're not worthy and that we can't do something. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, are blacks better athletes than whites? Um, yeah, but I don't know how much of that has to do with, you know, it just being a racial thing as more of a hunger thing. Right. You know, uh, you know, if you can, if you, you telling me that a way to get away from this poverty and this and this life and being killed and drugs and junkies and whores mm-hmm. is to knock you out. Give me the boxing gloves. I'm gonna be the best at it. If you telling me to feed my family, I gotta dribble this ball and jump out the arena and do a 360 dunk. Give me the ball. You know. So you know, whatever you gotta do to make it, um, you gotta do. You, know, you gotta do what you gotta do, man.
3: Great stuff from Aries Spears. we got to run Cobb's Comedy Club tonight, two shows. Tomorrow, two shows. Thanks for coming back. And man.
18: Spears and Steinberg, available on all streaming platforms. Or DM me in my Instagram at Aries Spears, and I'll personally send you the link. All right. Don't wait five years next time, man. I won't. I'll be here all tomorrow.
3: Right. <laughs> Come on back.
1: Call right now. That number is
14: 800-485-6003. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security Disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491, 800-593-7491. Call now. Imagine
0: this is your money and someone wants
14: to take it from you. Who is it? The
0: IRS. They want your money and guess what? they can legally take it all of it if they want remember they sent you that letter that said hey you owe us a bunch of cash and we're going to take it from you so what do you do
1: 932 1749
17: That's 800-932-1749 You guys
10: will wear jerseys for teams that you're not even on. But you think you're on the team? You'll be like, yeah, last night I guess we just didn't score enough. Last night I guess we just didn't play enough defense. We? The Redskins don't need you Okay, that's like me watching Grey's Anatomy in
2: scrubs
16: Don't be getting your granny panties all in a bunch. We got Rick Till up in here.
3: Yes, we do. And we have another hour of open lines here on a frizz night, A eh? Getting you ready for your whiz weekend. Sorry, I won't speak like that. Um, John Feinstein, New York Times bestseller. He's, I don't want to say he's the Stephen King of sports book, but, uh, man, he puts out a lot of books and, uh, he does a lot of golf books as, uh, well. You might remember uh, some of his. uh, Remember a season on the brink. That was when he really got a big name for himself. He got inside access to uh, Bobby Knight, and that was a a jarring, candid, shocking, crazy result. But we'll talk to John. That's at eleven forty. But until then, the lines are available. We'll take a hard news break now. It's only going to be about five minutes. So go to the fridge, pop open a cold one, whatever you're going to do. Come on back. Are you day drinking? I'm Rick Tittle. Uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, around the world on American Forces Radio Network. What you be gotten in them? In them <clears throat> I say once again, what you be gotten in them? I don't know. But we're here for you to talk sports football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, quit a chess checkers rugby cricket it's a competition and that's what i'm talking about yeah uh Ari spears by the way um got his uh, twitter account permanently suspended so in fact he uh he does a bit on it he got his twitter account um permanently suspended back in 2018 and uh i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did. And so I'm about to put out a tweet to be sure to see the iconic Ari Spears at uh, Cobbs Comedy Club uh, tonight and tomorrow. But uh, at least they Cobbs has a uh, Twitter. They can um, retweet it if they want. But um, can you imagine that? You're 16 years old. You're on Deaf Comedy Jam. And then uh, you get a uh, Showtime special when you're 17. That's pretty darn good, to say the least. My HBO special I didn't get until I was 23. <laughs> oh my God. Did you really have one? No, I didn't really have one. Uh, anyway, I hope you're doing well wherever you are. Hopefully you're uh, staying safe. You're not involved in the mad panic Um I said, you know, we used to joke, when are they going to start shutting down basketball games? Colleges are doing it. Some places, they don't want more than a 1,000 people to gather, which to me is so dumb. All you need is one person to make everybody else sick. Well, 1,000, the odds are less than 30,000. Like, I guess so. But anyway, the odds are we have another hour to go. John Feinstein, all that great stuff. 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Come on back. Hey, I heard you need some work done
5: on your house. Here's somebody I like. Ooh, thanks. Wait, what are you doing? I am verifying your recommendation on Angie's List. My word's not enough? I just like to get hundreds of second opinions.
6: Finding a qualified person is easy. Just check Angie's List. After all, we have info on more pros than just about anybody. Say you heard about a good electrician. We have reviews on them and thousands more, plus ratings, photos, even special offers. Find exactly what you're looking for at angieslist.com.
8: Hey, travelers.
1: That's 855-325-1780.
5: When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a lot of questions run through your mind. What am I going to do? What are my options? What did I do wrong? We've had those thoughts too, but some questions can help you move forward. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com for an interactive guide to help you learn the next steps to take after an MBC diagnosis and how to ask the questions that lead to an open and informed conversation with your doctor.
16: Start finding your voice
5: today at findyourmbcvoice.com.
4: Lämpchan
16: Tittle's got a black belt in keeping it real.
3: Keeping it real, y'all. We got another hour together. Coming up in about 28 minutes, John Feinstein, the always cerebral John Feinstein. Uh, twitch.tv as well. In the uh, stream chat. Uh, let me get a little core there. In the stream chat, there's a little bit, uh, that's a little window where you can make comments on Twitch. Back-to-back days with spam It says, want to become, this is back-to-back the exact same thing, want to become famous? Buy followers, B-U-Y, buy followers, primes and viewers on blank.com. I won't say what it is. The first one sent to me by Zauer185. The other one is by Chill Parker. Want to be famous? Is it fame when you buy people to like you? I don't think that counts as fame. It just might be me. Now, something I mentioned with Aries that I brushed over, but I really want to get into it, <laughs> is the Charleston River Dogs. Down there, of course, South Carolina, they are Class A affiliate of the Yankees. And they have, you know, most minor league teams and major league teams, they put out their promotion nights, you know, what you're going to get, more or less. Because they have to order this stuff from overseas. Let's see if there's an embargo there because of everything, but... I don't know. Um, But they removed OJ trial night from a game that was supposed to be in May. And obviously the backlash doesn't need explaining. But the team president, Dave Eccles, he told the Post and Courier, after taking a step back and having further reflection on the overall message that was being conveyed, it was the responsible thing to do. End quote. Now, May 26th was supposed to be it, and they said it was going to be a juicy spin on the most famous trial of the 20th century. It said, the trial of the century will finally receive the verdict that everyone has been waiting for, and that is pulp or no pulp. Fans will act as our jury, voting with custom paddles to reach verdicts on famous topics throughout the night. The eyes of the nation will be upon us. Fans will receive an OJ trial shirt upon entering the stadium. If the shirt don't fit, you must see if we have a different size. That last line is pretty funny. Johnny Cochran, if glove doesn't fit, you must quit. So uh, the OJ trial shirt... That would be funny, except for two people who were sliced to pieces and almost decapitated by a madman. Uh, so there's not a lot of humor there. In fact, there's zero. They said there are some things that are in poor taste. That's in poor taste. So uh, this guy Eccles um, uh was talking about the topic, about the event's sensitivity to the issue and and he said, look, when you're brainstorming, there's a line you deem as one to cross or not cross. With this one, the topic being related to pulp and oranges, I think you get where we're going with it. All right, but here's the thing. The River Dogs, River Cats, are in Sacramento, formerly A's, now Giants AAA, in the Pacific Coast League. The River Dogs are no stranger to controversial promotion nights. Last year, they were forced to um, tell people don't be scared for animal safety after the team was not going to launch hundreds of balloons in the air. Uh, that would have been dangerous for the local ecosystem and for, I guess, geese to choke on. In 2010, there was a go back to Ohio night, which included a contest. Um, it was a costume contest is anyone who could dress up as the best Ohio fan, and the winner got a (laughs) one-way ticket to Columbus, Ohio. But the idea was scrapped because it would alienate fans who weren't from Charleston. Remember, they try to get every fan they can. They'll mail you a River Dogs hat anywhere in the world. And in 2007, the team announced a vasectomy night for a Father's Day promotion one lucky fan winning a free vasectomy on behalf of the team. That got canceled because of a backlash. Is the team doctor going to perform it in the dugout with his with his scissors in his bag? But Eccles believes that this is all part of the game. He said, we've had just as many failures as we've had successes. That's what kind of gives us the willingness to try new things. And I have no problem with him and his staff saying, "Let's try this." And everyone's like, "No, no, 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 no." And then he goes, "Okay, you're right. How can I you know, how can I be mad at that?" right?" They're like, ah, da, da, da. Now, there are times when minor league baseball teams get a little crazy. I remember going to a San Jose Giants game, and they had a um, a promotion which they do every game. They drive an old pickup truck into right field, and they have a fan throw baseballs to try to smash out the lights. And they turn the lights on, and if you throw the baseball and smash out both lights, and you get a prize. But I remember as they went out and they started cleaning up the broken glass, there's no way (laughs) that you get all the broken glass. And here you have, you know, this is the Cow League, so you have people who are prospects there. Some may be top prospects. And you think about all that goes into, uh, trying to keep your players safe and everything else. It's, uh, it's a little bit weird. Alright, 1-800-878-PLAY. Email bag. This one comes from, uh, Chuck in Martinez, California. Uh, rick, do you think Jose Altuve stole Aaron Judge's MVP trophy like hecklers, according to you, said? Thanks for the email. Keep them coming, rick, at sportsponding.com. That's one of the things. Yeah, there's now an Asterix Astros Twitter site where they encourage people to heckle, and then they repost it, and you can get your infamy or fame one way or the other, or your 15 seconds if you want to do that. Um, I, listen, Altuve's a great player. I'm not going to say he stole anything. I remember Wally Joyner and Mike Greenwell, Angels and Red Sox, um, respectively, they both complained that Kenseco and Maguire stole their Rookie of the Year trophies. That's what they, um, that's what they thought. And they're like, we should get it because those guys were rooted up and, uh, we weren't. And, um, they told Greenwell and, and Joiner, it's like, um, it's like, uh, tough luck. You're not getting it. By the way, uh, do I think it? I'm like, I I don't know. I'm not going to say that, but, uh, Brian Cashman was talking today about that, um, he doesn't think Aaron Judge is going to be ready opening day. He's still got a problem with his shoulder. He's still got a problem with his pectoral muscle. And, um, he's still going on undergoing tests. He, he says he doesn't even really know what's wrong because they've done tests and they've come back clean. So they're going to ha- look they got less than 3 weeks to figure this out. And but the thing is he's only had 30 at-bats in the spring. And so <laughs> you could say well, you know, you can put him in non-games and give him simulated games, but if he's hurt you can't do that either. You're trying to inflate his at-bat total. You know, you can ask the other team can he bat every inning? That's almost never asked for. But teams can say yes to that in spring training. Why is he batting? I remember I had a f- relative from Germany in and, and like the late 80s, and I saw Canseco, and I pointed at him at the Coliseum. I said, Er ist der beste Spiel in der Welt. I go, there's the best player in the world. He goes, well, why doesn't he hit every time? I go, he has to wait his turn. They're like, oh. Why would the pitcher give him something to hit? If you give him four bad ones, you get to go on base freeze. They're like, oh, fascinating game you have here, mein Freund. Come on back.
8: products they offer increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term
7: i don't even recognize myself anymore
5: i'm really worried about him his addiction i haven't seen him like this ever
7: hey look i I never wanted to start using I, i knew the drill but i was out of options
5: i just want to tell him it's not your fault
1: You're crazy, you're crazy man. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy.
16: saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. One thing about being an uh, Oakland A's fan uh is the fact that uh, you have to get used to some real real cheapo 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 stuff and uh a lot of times um the uh the the powers that be uh they really um go out of their way not to tank but just not to lift a finger and it um, it's uh, it's upsetting you know, and it's like, look, we got this talent, we can build on it. And it's like, we'll, we'll just draft people and they're free and then their minimum wage. And then after that, uh, we can uh, we can uh, figure out what we're going to do. This and blah, 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 blah. It's like, what? Well, today, the pirates are in that boat. They are projected, by the way, to have the lowest opening day roster in MLB. About fifty seven million dollars. They punted on the free agent market. They only looked to some down market players like Jared Dyson, Luke Mayle, JT Riddle, Guillermo, Heredia. Those four together together will make four million dollars this year. And you're like, What about Derek Holland? Well, he was signed on a minor league deal. This is very uh, notable, and it uh, has become more notable because the union has filed a grievance against the pirates and their application of revenue-sharing funds in each of the last two years, something that my Oakland A's were getting, and um, that's finally going to uh, dry up. In fact, um, last year with the 20 mil the A's got in revenue-sharing and one last check that the Giants paid into, and the $50 million that each team got from the sale of BAM Tech. It's the streaming service that they started, that HBO uses, that the NHL uses. They sold that. Every single team got $50 million. The A's paid their payroll with house money. It was all paid for already. Well, Pittsburgh payroll over the last year has declined. Well, it's declined four years in a row. But last year, it was about 80 million, and now it's 57. Now, teams are technically allowed to use those funds in any way they want. They can hire staff, they can purchase technology, they can put it into the draft, the international free agent market, blah, 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 bonus pools, caps. So the Pirates' exact payout is unknown, but the leaked financial documents a decade ago Revealed the Pirates were making a huge profit despite a wretched product on the field. Now in that time, they made two wild card games, they hosted both, and they lost both to a Madison Bumgarner shutout. That's right, 18 innings, no runs. So the Pirates did some changes this year. They went out and they got Ben Sherrington from Boston. He's now the GM. And um, they are considering trying to extend their young players through their arbiers. If you look at Brian Reynolds or uh, in the outfield, the shortstop Kevin Newman, the former Astros reliever, now starter for them, Joe Musgrove. I mean, none of those deals would likely have a major impact on the payroll. So in other words, uh, expect the union to um, file another grievance next year against the Pirates as well. Now, speaking of those crafty Astros, the right-hander Colin McHugh, who when he came onto the scene, I thought this guy was going to be the next, not Steven Strasburg, but close. I mean, he came in so amazing, so amazingly. But he spent six years with the Astros, and he was, of course, um, a participant in 2017, and he got a ring. McHugh is now a member of the Boston Red Sox, who are now under MLB investigation. So today, ESPN asked him about it. And as I said, each and every day there'll be somebody new. Well, it's McHugh's turn. He said, quote, you've got to be willing to stick up for what you believe in and what you believe is right and what you believe is wrong. And I think a lot of the guys on that team, including myself, are looking back now and wishing we had been as brave in the moment as we thought we were beforehand. Looking back, I don't know what we could have done as pitchers. It wasn't really our territory. Maybe we could have gotten together and somehow tried to stop it. Yeah, it was tough watching that. You feel for guys out there who are working their tails off whether they're on your team or against you. I love seeing good pitching and it took some really good pitching that year to beat us. Well, McHugh, who it's incredible, he's now 32 years old. With his all his time in Houston, his ERA was 3.63. 58 and 35. And he got transitioned Into the bullpen. Last year he did both. Started and relieved. That year, though, in the 2017 season, he pitched in two postseason games. He had four innings of relief against the Yankees in Game 3, which he no-hit them for those four innings. That was in the ALCS. And then in the World Series against the Dodgers, he did not do well. He had two innings of work in Game 5 and gave up three runs and so he concludes on espn quote to put myself in the shoes of those guys who pitched against us in 2017 and to know that our hitters made that job so much more, so much harder that year it's hard to swallow and i feel for them and i understand the anger and i understand when people are mad and pissed off i get it I've been there, I know what it feels like to be out there and feel like a team has your signs, it's a lonely place, end quote. By the way, he's going to start the season on the injury list. He had a right elbow procedure that cut short his season last year, but he is projected to be in the rotation. He signed a one-year deal that uh, if he stays healthy will give him $3 million. And that's the kind of thing where if I'm a a fan, I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Let's bring it in. Now, also, um, we're hearing news that the Brewers, despite being one of the smallest uh, markets in the game, they're going to go out of their way to try to keep Christian Yelich around. And why wouldn't you? According to Ken Rosenthal, it's going to be a seven-year extension on top of the two years remaining on his contract which means for the next nine years with the Brewers, he'll make $215 million. He's 28 years old. He's been one of the best players in the game since coming over to Milwaukee. Uh, 2018, hit 326 36 home runs, was the National League MVP. Next year, came back, and he was better, 329 with 44 home runs. But we also know in September, he fell the pitch off his knee, broke his kneecap out for the playoffs. Yelich, obviously, that's not a long-term concern. They're not going to do that. He's shifting back to left field, even though he played right field the last couple years. I mean, obviously, you're not going to give a guy over $200 million if you don't think he's going to be perfect there. But the Brewers are in their most successful stretch since I was in high school, the old Harvey Wallbanger teams. I mean, they won 96 games two years ago. They got to Game 7 of the NLCS. And then last year they got to the wild card game, but it's, this is only the second time in their history they've gone to the playoffs back to back years. So I said, like Yellich was signed through 2022. This year he's making 12 and a half. Um, next year 14 and 2022, 15 mil. And so what they're going to do is they're going to tear up the 15 mil because that's an option year in 2022 and then put a seven on it for 190 mil. So as I said, two fifteen. So elite players get north of thirty million dollars now. But Yelich's new extension is worth twenty-seven mil. I mean Machado makes thirty million, but it is more than Bryce Harper, who gets twenty-five point four. Now it's worth noting that um, the Brewers uh, avoided uh, the Mookie bets skewing the market in the offseason, because if you wait to go second, you're gonna pay more. That's apparently the uh, deal on him is they're looking for Mike Trout money or four hundred million dollars, and obviously this is the biggest deal in the history of the Brewers. The only other time they went over one hundred million was five years for Ryan Braun, one hundred and five. They got Lorenzo Cain out of Kansas City five years and eighty. Um, <clears throat> the the deal that Yelich signed is actually the exact same number as Clayton Kershaw, but the Brewers are going to have people off their books in the next three years. You can have Brown, uh, Ryan Braun and Kane off your books if you want to. But think about this, they gotta lock up Josh Hader, they're gonna lock up Brandon Woodruff, they're gonna lock up Keston Hura, but they don't have to start doing that till 2023 with all those guys. I mean, Hader right now lost his arb and he's gonna get four million. How does that guy lose an arbitration case for some bad tweets? It's one of the best closers in the game. Alright, I'm Rick Tittle, coming back with John Feinstein. <laughs>
4: Excuse me, Captain. This is your wake-up call from the new TrackPhone Wireless. Uh, what's that now? What if you had to fly this plane while sitting back in the cabin? I wouldn't have any control. Well, that's what it's like going with some wireless companies. But TrackPhone Wireless gives you control. Hmm, get unlimited talk and text on America's best 4G LTE network starting at $20 a month no contract. Plus, unlimited carryover data with active service. That's cool, but how'd you get in my cockpit? This is your wake-up call, people. The new TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. Available at major retailers. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com
6: nobody thinks twice about getting a second opinion on a doctor or a lawyer but what about when you need somebody to work on your home like an electrician landscaper or plumber somebody doing major work on your pipes definitely calls for a second opinion so next time you get a recommendation on a pro get a second opinion at angie's list as the authority on local pros we offer thousands of reviews plus business info offers and photos just go to angieslist.com hey you want to feel great about who you're hiring and we second that opinion
1: that's eight seven seven three six oh zero four zero two
13: at 28 I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years I did and said things that the sober me never would have done one day I realized I was not invincible I was not exempt And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement they gave me the tools I needed to get sober and
1: 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912.
19: It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister. if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your
16: Rick Tittle's got a black belt in keeping it real.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you in San Francisco, but around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's great to welcome back to the show John Feinstein, the prolific writer, New York Times bestselling author. He has a new book called The Backroads to March, The Unsung, Unheralded, and Unknown Heroes of a College Basketball Season, which is available from Doubleday publishing John welcome back to the show I wanted to just start off by asking you um we all remember your book A Season on the Brink and, and the access that you had to Bobby Knight what was your reaction when you saw him a couple weeks ago get welcome back and he came out and a lot of his old you know players were there and maybe a tear or two and Vital tried to give him a hug he wouldn't give him a hug what did you think about all that
2: well, first of all, good for Bob for not hugging Vital. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I barely remember Season on the Brink. It was so long ago. So I'm glad you remember it, Rick. Uh, I, I wrote a column about all this in the Washington Post and, and basically said that I was glad he went back. Uh, he'd been gone almost 20 years since Miles Brand fired him. And, uh, he spent the last 10 years, uh, refusing to go back to moments like this. In this case, it was a Big Ten championship team being honored. Uh, including his undefeated 1976 team when they celebrated this, their 40th anniversary because he was still trying to get the last word in on Miles Brand who died in 2009. Uh, and, and this has been Bob's problem his whole life that he always has to have the last word on everybody. Referees, media members, uh, dead bosses who fired him. Uh, and I was glad though, you know, he's not in good health. I'm sure you could see that, uh, watching that, that ceremony that um, he did finally go back, uh, better late than never, uh, is, is my attitude. In this
3: book, you uh, talk to a lot of uh, people, coaches, players, and uh, some of the uh, what we call mid-majors or even smaller. I know you, right. um, Campbell University in North Carolina, who uh, I honestly had not, heard of before but i i have a soft spot in my heart for them because i'm an alumnus of st mary's college and we've had some good teams over the last few years yeah Yeah, fighting the likes of gonzaga out here in the west coast conference but uh, tell us a little bit more about why campbell was one you wanted to look at
2: well uh i I, I always wanted to go to Bowie's creek north carolina rick Uh, (laughs) who among us wouldn't uh but uh, campbell it, it was a very good story last year mostly because of a a player named Chris Clemens, and he was kind of a, in many ways, symbolic of the kids I wrote about in, in this book. He he, as a, when he was in high school, he grew up in Raleigh. He wanted to play for North Carolina, if not North Carolina, somewhere in the ACC. But he was only five foot nine, so none of the big time schools recruited him. Uh, Kevin McGee and the coach at Campbell saw him and loved him, and and didn't care about his height. And brought him into, got him to go to Campbell. <clears throat> told him he'd be the all-time leading scorer in school history uh, if he came there. And he really undersold it, as it turned out, because he, because he graduated as the fourth leading scorer in NCAA history four years later, and took them to their two best seasons ever. And really, really appealing kid. Rick, uh, as I said, only five foot nine always like to spend time signing autographs for little kids he said i think they like me because they don't have to look up that far to look me in the eye uh... and uh... a a really the kind of fun story that i always look for because it's very easy to write about zion williamson or to write about whoever wins the national championship and and, you know a a lot of guys line up to do it and i go to the final four every year too but to me the best stories are the stories where someone like you might say, well, I never heard of that guy, or I never heard of that school, mm-hmm. and that that's what this book really was all about.
3: Really cool. I know that you talked to Tommy Amaker, who we all, we all remember him as a player, but he's been at Harvard now over a decade. It's hard to yeah. believe, but turning that program around, and I've, I've always uh, thought that it's, you know, for society, it's very easy for us to make fun of Ivy League guys and um, you know, every once in a while you get a Fitzpatrick at quarterback or something. You know, you get a, a Chris Young out of Princeton, but we're like, ah, it's an Ivy League guy. But you know, the, you think about where Harvard was before Amaker came in, and now they are basically the the power in the Ivy League, and then going to March Madness, and then not just going out on the first day.
2: Yeah, no, they 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 beat New Mexico a few years back as a three seed, and then the next year they beat Cincinnati, who was a five seed, and. Uh, it's a shame this year because this was the year Tommy thought he really had a chance to have a team that could do something in the NCAA. But, uh, a kid named Seth Towns, who is probably as eloquent as any athlete I've ever met. I mean, when I interviewed him as a sophomore, he, he quoted Emerson. And I don't mean Roy Emerson, the tennis player. Uh, I, I mean Emerson class of the Harvard class of 1821. Uh, but he got hurt, uh, has had three knee surgeries, couldn't play this year. And then midway through the season, their point guard, Bryce Aiken, who might have been the Ivy League player of the year this year, uh got hurt and hasn't played since. And yet, they're if they win their two games this weekend, they'll finish first in the Ivy League uh, going into the tournament next week. So uh you're right. Tommy has done a remarkable job. And what's fascinating about it is he coached at Seton Hall, took him to the Sweet 16. He coached at Michigan. Uh He's been offered multiple chances to leave Harvard. Cal wanted him a few years ago. Boston College basically handed him a contract and said, to fill it in, because he beat, he beat Boston College six years in a row. And they, their response was twofold. One, to try to hire him, and then when they couldn't hire him, uh, to stop playing Harvard, because that was the only way they could stop losing to Harvard. Uh, and, uh, Tommy's happy. He, you know, he's found happiness, and, uh, he's, he's gotten very involved with, uh, a lot of the top professors on campus, uh, academically. His wife is on the faculty. She's a psychologist, and he he's figured out something that many coaches don't figure out, which is you don't run away from happiness. And he's living in fear that at some point in the next couple of years, he might get a phone call from Mike Krzyzewski saying, you got to take the job at Duke. You've Mm got to be my successor. (laughs) And uh, as honored as Tommy would be to get that phone call, he doesn't really want it.
3: Yeah, how do you say no to that? We're talking He with, couldn't say no, could no. his
2: mentor, yeah.
3: There's no way. John Feinstein is with us. a couple more questions about his book, The Back Roads to March. It's funny you say that about Amaker because, the, I, I, as a same Aries fan, we just knew it was a stepping stone school. Lynn Nance took him to the tournament and he got the Washington job, then Ernie Kent took him to the tournament, he got the Oregon job, but Randy Bennett, I know he's got offers, but he really likes Moraga, he likes the schools his kids are in, and, and he's fine with it, and that's, that's kind of refreshing.
2: Yeah, it is refreshing, and, and I think, uh, I don't know Randy like I know Tommy, but I, I might, my sense is that he's figured the same thing out that Tommy did. Why run away from happiness? Uh, look, look what happened to Ernie Kent and, and to Lynn Nance when they left. Yeah. Uh, and, and you see that happen a lot where a guy's in a job and he's, he's killing it, and, and he goes to the next job and it seems to make sense, but then all of a sudden he's not killing it. And there's absolutely no, if I'm a college basketball coach, There's absolutely nothing wrong with being in a job where you have a chance to be competitive every year, to get in a tournament every year. The WCC is not a one-bid league. Uh, You know Gonzaga is going to be in every year. But St. Mary's can be in. BYU will certainly be in this year. Um, And as long as you know that, as long as you know you can compete, and like you said, you're in a place where you're comfortable living, why would you move? These guys make plenty of money. It's not like they need the next million bucks. Randy Bennett's very smart to stay where he is.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, you mentioned Coach K, and this season he had to admonish the fans at Cameron Indoor, who he thought were having a go at the other coach, one of his former uh, uh, players there. And and just the other day, he uh, had a response to, uh, you know, the as the kids would say, the haters and the critics on mm-hmm. uh, on the internet or Twitter. And he said, "Don't go after my players, go after me." But even if you do, look up on the rafters before you do. It sort of seems like, he, like he's not irascible, but he's, just, he's kind of fed up in
2: some areas. I think you said it right there, uh, that, that he's, a li- he's a little fed up. because, and, and I say this as a Duke graduate. Um, there are no more spoiled fans in sports than Duke fans. Mm. Uh, I, I, a few years ago, after Duke won their last national championship, I was driving into to Raleigh, North Carolina, to give a speech, and I was listening to sports talk radio uh, uh, down there. And Duke had lost to St. John's the day before in New York, and I think it dropped their record that year to 20 and 3 or something like that. And a guy called in and you know said, "I'm a I'm a Duke fan, and you know what? I'm going to give Coach K another week or two to write this shit." (laughs) He's (laughs) 20 and 3. He's won five national championships, including the one the year before. And look, that's the way fans are in general. You know, what what have you done for me tomorrow? Not what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me tomorrow? And, I, look, Mike's Human. And, uh, the thing with Jeff Capel, uh, was a reaction to defending one of his own. Capel played for him for four years, coached for him for six years. Um, might be his successor when, when he retires. Might. I mean, there's four or five guys who might be his successor, but, uh, he was defending his guy. And I will also say one, one other thing as, as, as a good graduate. The Cameron Crazies, so-called, had become the single most overrated entity in college sports. Because when I was in school, when the team stunk, they were genuinely funny. They, they were spontaneous. You know, mm-hmm. like when Bobby Cremens would walk on the court and they'd start chanting Grecian formula on each <laughs> side. Uh, and th- there was a game where they had been admonished for misbehaving in a previous game, and North Carolina came into play. And when Carolina came on the court, they held up signs that said, Welcome Honored Guests. And when they, instead <laughs> of waving their arms after during a free throw, they held up signs that said, Please miss. <laughs> that's fu- that's funny, but now it's all scripted and they're not funny and they all think they're TV stars. So for Mike to say enough, you know, and look up at, and look up in the rafters, uh, I I'm 100% agree with. It.
3: Good stuff. Just a couple of minutes here. I have one more question for. You. I'd love to get your perspective on this, the Memphis situation, and of course, James Wiseman played three games and he he paid back the eleven thousand five hundred and and then he left, but. It seems that the NCAA might be out for blood because they announced that this infractions case is going to be referred to the Independent Accountability Resolution Process, something
7: that Don't you is... you
2: love their name? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just love this lawyer talk, but it's, it's something I never heard of, so there's no precedent. It's an independent five-member panel. Right. Uh, do you have any inkling of what's going to happen here?
2: No, because like you said, there's no precedent. Uh, this is the first case that's gone to whatever the hell this thing is. Uh, and it, it, it you just don't know what the NCAA the, the, the MC, I have a nine year old daughter, and, and there are moments where I don't know what I'm getting from her. She could be the sweetest kid on earth, or <laughs> she could be screaming at me that I'm the worst father that ever lived. That's the NCAA. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get from them. My, my nine year old daughter is a lot cuter, by the way. Mm. Um, but. Uh, I I, I have gotten to the point, I I, I said a few years ago on NPR that the NCAA was the most corrupt institution since the mafia. And a producer called me later that morning and said, were you a little over the top of that? And I said, yeah, you're right, I should apologize to the mafia. That's the way I feel about the NCAA.
3: (laughs) We've been speaking with John Feinstein. This is going to be another hit. His book, The Backroads to March, The Unsung, Unheralded, and Unknown Heroes of a College Basketball Season, available now from Doubleday publishing. John, always great talking uh, sports with you. Appreciate it. Congratulations on the book and look forward to having you on again soon.
2: Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Have a great weekend.
3: All right, great. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports. Bye.
1: It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
14: If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
13: Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet
14: store?
16: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, a couple minutes left in the uh, show before I send you into the weekend, darlings. Joey Chestnut, the pride of the Bay Area, San Jose State. We know he is the hot dog champion. He's won the Nathan's deal out there in uh, Coney Island. In fact, when I was in Brooklyn last year, I took the train all the way out to a freezing Coney Island just because I wanted to go and because I'm a big fan of the Warriors. The movie and the team. Well, forget hot dogs. Well, don't forget it, but include hamburgers because Chestnut ate 32 Big Macs yesterday in 38 minutes. And um, he is now the world record holder. And honestly, I think I could do that. Honestly, I don't think I could. I think I'd get to 20 and then I would faint. But, oh, I love Big Macs. I could eat a Big Mac in one bite. I'm such a fatty. I mean, seriously, they're just—it's just like, oh, they're so good. But um, the record, by the way, of Joey Chestnut, hot dog wise, is 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes, and he's not really eating them; he's basically power washing them in. But <laughs> this summer, Chestnut won the chicken wings uh, contest um, for Hooters. That thing—they give you 12 hours. How many did he eat in 12 hours? 413. So this is, by the way, why the terrorists hate us, because we waste food like this. What did uh, Adam Carolla say? That terrorists, they sit in their caves, and our buildings get taller, and our women get, yeah, they just, (laughs) that's why they hate us. But uh, I just want to give a shout-out. Yesterday, and uh, as a Bay Area kid and a lover of Big Macs, i got to say thanks for doing us proud, Joey. Not just hot dogs, but the Big Mac at the stand, Joey Chestnut. I'm Rick Tittle. Have a good weekend.
19: brain damage <laughs> <laughs> great
7: way to end the show